Hi, this is Mike Gallo, the producer for Star Wars Knights of the Republic for LucasArts. And this is Star Wars on Direct. Cyclan.net, c'est... Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.cyclan.net. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Transmissions. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The coordinate tractor beam is pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. Welcome to Star Wars on Direct, everyone, the voice of Star Wars fandom on the net. So, today we have a lot of stuff to discuss. Of course, we're joined here by my producer, Danny Pepin, Lunatic. Hey, everybody. And uh, by my co-host, Brian. Hello. A.K.A. Kit Fisto. Uh, So, today we're doing something about the official Star Wars fan club, and we had the opportunity to interview Miss Lisa Stevens, the president of the official Star Wars fan club this afternoon. Uh, you're going re- to listen to the pre-recorded interview, and it's very interesting. Uh, we're also going to talk about Star Wars Hyperspace. Oh, yes. And there's a lot of... Uh, With uh, there's a 10-minute extra this time. That's a, there's a lot to talk about, so it's a 20-minute long uh, chronic this time. Segment. Uh, yeah, segment. We got uh, some miscellaneous Star Wars news that are going to be done by my colleague uh, Brian Kitfisto. And uh, we're also going to take some calls if you want. So, Brian, tell us how they can contact us. How to reach us. It's by email, studio at swandirect.com. 
So that's S-W-E-N-D-I-R-E-C-T.com. By MSN Messenger, S-W-E-N-D-I-R-E-C-T <laughs> at Hotmail.com. Uh, by phone in the Montreal area, 514-942-1138. Outside Montreal, it's 1-514-942-1138. And you can reach us on the chat and link on the main site, which is www.swendirect.com. Oh, yes. Wasn't that easy. <laughs> so we're going to go right now, right to, now? Yeah. to a short musical break, okay. start of the show. And uh, we're going to listen to Rest in Peace by Saliva right after this short commercial from our promoter. Okay. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Start it. No, be Start it. <laughs> okay. I got 16 seconds. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or quite simply a space to put your personal website online. Join us at triple.simple-net.ca Look at me My depth perception must be off again Cause this hurts deeper than I thought it did It has not healed with time It just shot
Oh, crap. Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark. All right, stand by. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct. So right now we're going to do a little segment of the show called the hyperspace segment. What we do during this time is, for exactly the next 20 minutes, uh, at, at the time I start the chrono... The, how do you call it? The chrono? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Since I started chrono, 20 minutes after that, uh, we're going to be talking only Star Wars hyperspace stuff. And that's episode three spoilers. Uh, major episode yeah. three spoiler stuff. Uh, therefore, we ask the people in the chat not to discuss these uh, spoilers because some people want to stay, want to remain spoilerless, spoiler free, <laughs> spoiler yeah. free as well. <laughs> I was trying to get like the word a little bit more class, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, please don't discuss it in the chat. Uh, feel free to go to the other chat rooms, however, and do discuss it. Have as much fun as you want with these uh, information. So we're gonna start the chrono right now. Okay. Final final two weeks of the uh, shooting for episode three, and uh, the shooting ended on September seventeenth at eighteen forty-two hours hours of Fox and uh, Fox Studios of Sydney, Australia. Uh, Rick McCollum was really proud of his teams, and he said uh, that they did an, ex- an exceptional job uh, working on this production, and especially because they saved five days. They they finished the, the, the shooting in twelve weeks instead of what thirteen? Thirteen. Ooh. Bad oh. luck number. <laughs> Good thing they did. Good thing they did. So during those two, the, the, the two last weeks, what we've seen is some stuff about uh, the separatists. We've seen Rune Echo, Nude Gunray, Sen- uh, Senator Equal- the Equalish Senator Ponudo and his co- cohorts, as well as Pascal Argente and the assistant Denaria Key. Of course, we will see probably other uh, confederated uh, independent system senators in the uh, in the movie like uh, Pagal Lesser Watambor Shumai and Sam Hill but they were not present in the scenes that was shot two weeks ago CGI? probably what do you think? Pagal Lesser probably yeah <laughs> of course uh, the one I'd love to see a mask of him the one senator that wasn't shown uh, and that hasn't been shown in the movie yet is Senator Tykes he's a uh, Quarren and apparently wouldn't be in the movie however Quarren being Quarren, we'll probably see him being done by ILM. So, who are we to judge ILM so far? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, uh, lightsabers were back on the set because they finished the shooting of the incredible duel for Obi-Wan and Hanukkah. And this particular duel is going to be a lot faster than we would expect it to be because it's going to be faster than the duel with Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. That's scary. Uh, of course, poor Hayden, uh, our Canadian friend Hayden Christensen, had uh, injured himself two weeks ago, and he was in a little holiday break. Came back two weeks, two weeks now, and uh, he finished the shooting without any problems. He was great. His leg was back uh, in its uh, own original state. I guess he used <laughs> some polysporin, <laughs> <laughs> like what, like he should have used in Fiji Highlands. Yeah, in the <laughs> eco challenge. In the eco challenge. That's right. Um, the actual set for the, 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 that particular scene uh, will be flashing red. W- you'll see flashing red lights and flashing white lights, like about dangers and stuff like that. So probably a ship overloading, something sh- overloading, something overloading, a ship in state of alert. Who knows? 
uh, one of the things that uh, that really comes out is that the Jedi's will be won't only be walking and fighting; they'll be jumping and they'll be like like throwing their lightsaber at each other and stuff like that. So that's going to cool. be a lot of job for ILM, and uh, one of the one of the biggest job will be actually for the jumping because it's not only ILM but it's also the uh, stuntman. The stuntman. Th- thank you. Uh, will be jumping around the stuntmen of uh, Hayden and uh, Ewan. So that's going to be a, a, a big job for them because they, they're going to have to throw themselves hard metal. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Uh, we also we we also said that the two Jedi's um, will were well it's more more especially Hayden was going down this 30 degree angled ramp. Yeah. But it's all blue screen. So we don't know if it's going to be a ship ramp. We don't know if it's going to be some kind of like slide, mudslide yeah. type thing. Mudslide, that's a good thing, you know. Yeah, it, river, whatever. Yeah, probably not as has hot and lava, but. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the show is PG-13 for those <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> and um, of course, he, he's calling he, he's calling uh, someone on his comlink. He's calling for help on his comlink, and he had a little bit of trouble, you know, coordinate, coordinating his faking the obstacles, ev- ev- evasive movements, <laughs> and talking with the comlink at the same time. So George said, "You know, just forget about the text. Just like evade from the danger thing, and we'll head at something we'll for the text. We'll do some zoom in, and uh, yeah, that's it for the hands march and the feet, and that's it. We'll come back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, one of the uh, the other particularities of this uh, of this ramp is that the stuntsman. Three stuntsmen, Nash Edgerton, Bob Bowles, and Ben Cook, uh, had a lot of action on it. They were running away, and they fell into a trap. Oh, a trap. A trap in the floor. This is bad. <laughs> who knows and they're still trapped now. Who, who, <laughs> <they> <laughs> that's who knows where, th- where it will lead them. Uh, we've also seen a lot of uh, costume, uh, of costume uh, testing. Uh, there were nine assistants of Padme. That came on the set and, and and maidens. Nine and maidens came on the set and uh, tried tried out tried out the, their costume, which was pretty nice to look at. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's one particular scene that will be really tough for ILM because it involves creating an entire creature digitally. And there's actually one of the characters Obi Wan's going to be writing that particular creature, and we've seen other movies where you you can actually see. People writing creatures like uh, Episode Two, Episode Two, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, Harry Potter, and we've seen some movies where it's not really well done. <laughs> Two Towers, and uh, <laughs> and that's going to be the biggest job is to make it like credible for public to actually believe that Obi Wan's writing this creature and it's it doesn't look too bad. Even Episode One had some like digital effects for that. Yeah, when uh, Qui Gon yeah, was yeah, coming yeah. back from. Uh, from uh, Mazespa, that was, and when they're when coming they're into the that's pod it. racer, yeah, there. that's it, with a little camel things there, <laughs> EOPs, EOPs, that's right, that's because we we actually took a picture of a pack of camels, replaced the camel by an EOP, and we we named it EOP instead of camel, that was the plug of the day. <laughs> One of the, the 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 last actors we saw this week was Silas Carson playing Kaya Dimandi, and um, of course the Jedi General will be once again uh, 
ruling over a bunch of clone troopers. Of course, they were all guys dressed in green suits. And the planet on which he's gonna the, he's gonna rule these guys is also green because it's it's one of the planets that will have to be made entirely by ILM. So it's gonna be like a really tough job. And apparently, it's it seems to be a really incredible planet to look at. Just can't wait to see those scenes. Kara, Bam, Dadomir, I don't care. Really cool planets. Dathomir <laughs> <laughs> is not that hard, though. Yeah. It's it's mostly it's dark forest. That's it, you know. It's like the smog and dark it. elves. <laughs> <laughs> One of the actresses who came back was Bonnie Mary Peace, who was uh, Beru in episode two. Uh, instead of filming the the, the, the scenes in two thousand March two thousand four, they decided to do them this week. Therefore, uh, she came a lot earlier than uh, than she thought, and she's a very nice girl. I met her at uh, Star Wars Celebration. I hope I'll see her at uh, the third, uh, third installment of those, uh, those things. The uh, other scene that was shoot uh, really earlier was the producer scene. And this is a scene that will be both hard for ILM and customers, for the customer department. And that scene actually had 24 costumes, costume people into it. Those 24 costumes were done. Good job, Trisha. <laughs> Give you a hand of applause. A hard night of working... Yeah. A lot of uh, a, lo- a lot of of uh, over overtime yep. in the making of those costumes. So all these costumes were made, and they decided to shoot the producer scene, and uh, with the cameos and everything. Apparently, the costumes were not that bad; they were all looking the same. But then again, the, s- the look is a little bit different on each costumes. Therefore, I'm thinking something like imperial uh, officers' suits with their Probably. different colors or something like that. What? Cool. Probably. Yeah. And uh, why is it going to be hard for ILM is because there are going to be four different types of, uh, of uh, ETs in there. There are going to be one Ishitib, there's going to be a Quarren, the famous Quarren we were talking about earlier maybe, and two other particular who are, new, who are part of new concepts. And one of these, these uh, new extraterr- ETs, extraterrestrial life form, is... Uh, Aliens. Aliens, thank you. <laughs> One of these aliens. <laughs> hey, Steven Spielberg called yeah. this. Okay? <laughs> it's extraterrestrial life. <laughs> One it's is not terrestrial. Terrestrial is, is extra extraterrestrial. I mean, the That's term what I terrestrial said. is not. That's okay. Not we're in re- our galaxy. <laughs> yeah, but we're located in the unknown regions. But that will be oh. for another show. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so one of these aliens will be a senator, and uh, apparently, by the look on his face, he seems to have a dark past. Oh. Hey, cool! Bruce Wayne's gonna be in that show. <laughs> um, we also heard a lot of rumors about the infamous new bad guy. Uh, of course, thanks to the Force.net and their all-around-the-place spies, Delta Source, whatever they use, I don't know. <laughs> uh, they have hidden cameras. Probably the Fox Studios, something like that. <laughs> uh, the new, the new bad guy, uh, the new villain will pro- will has own vehicle, and there will be like this huge pursuit in the movie, and you'll see the bad guy, Obi Wan, on the on the back of the uh, infamous little creature, and um, probably someone else that we don't know who yet. Pro- I'm, th- I'm thinking Bail Organa. Who maybe, knows? maybe, and uh, the name Utipo. As re- as resurrected to be used in the movie, maybe a planet, maybe a bad guy, who knows? Uh, that new bad guy will probably have a white armor. Hmm. Cool. 
I think that okay. Dirge had a, had a white armor, didn't he? It looks yeah. silver. Oh, silver, silver gray. I'm thinking it's a clone trooper gun, gun mad, you know, something like that. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? We just stole the clone trooper armor. That's it. Um, also, the uh, Anakin versus Dooku uh, fight. Palpatine is going to be sitting in his chair and watching, talking, talking a little bit, saying com- com- commentaries. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Is that the rumor that uh, Palpatine's getting kidnapped and uh, by the separatists? Probably you know, as a cover-up. Like yeah, that's Probably it. as a cover-up, and he's just watching the two battle. Like and Anakin will save Palpatine. Oh, thank you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, w- of course, one of the last uh, scenes that was shot was actually happening on a set that we've seen already in Return of the Jedi. It's... Some w- it's one of the scenes, one of the sets that Gavin Bucket made first back in those days, and um, when you think about it, you know it's it's one of two things because of the following. You could see uh, consoles on which was w- were written the words deflector shield, reactor status, rebel scum detec- de- detector, and Vader proximity detector. You know it's always good, especially when he's mad. You don't want to be in his path. Yeah. <laughs> So it's either like the control room of the Death Star, or I hope not, <laughs> or a Star Destroyer, or something mm. like a Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm thinking about something like a, a Star Destroyer because Vader proximity detector, like a Tie Fighter. But you probably won't see it. You probably won't. No, but you'll read you, it. You'll only see the deck. That's it. That's all. So it could be anything. It's a ship. It's a ship, or it's ship. the Death Star. Something like that. And we could I see like an overview of the ship before seeing inside, you know. Yeah. But or we could not. Or we could not. <laughs> That's George. <laughs> <laughs> but the sticker are, are just for for fun. We won't That's see right. we, won't, we won't see anything in the movie. It could be another ship. Yeah. Uh we had many discussion. Uh okay. Uh, we have m- we had many discussion on the hyperspace service. There was a discussion with Ben Burt, a discussion with Dan Gregoire, and uh, Pablo Hidalgo was there as well. So to start with Ben Burt, who's the sound effects supervisor, Doo-doo-doo. losing my stuff here. <laughs> ben Burt, he said that there's going to be a familiar s- familiar sound for the Tie Fighter pi- for the Tie Fighters in uh, Star Wars Episode Three because. You want to have a link between the two trilogies. Oh, well, that means there's going to be TIE Fighters in Episode 3. Cool. <laughs> the other implication, the implication of Ben with the Clone Wars series will be very limited, and he's going to tell Eric Foreman how to edit the sound of the series and give him some pointers. Eric Foreman. Watch out. I've heard of him. Watch out. Red's, wa- Red's watching you. <laughs> Apparently, there won't be sounds for Chewbacca. Ben will otherwise use the sounds coming from the holiday special. Oh, poor Ouch. guy. <laughs> He's going to have to watch it. No, no, no. They're, I'm sure they're pre-recorded, but why, yeah, no, oh, but why would they confirm the actual existence of this thing? <laughs> Ignore it. Deny. That's right. They're no, not in denial. The, the, you will have to watch it just to see the expression he, he mixed with the, the sound. So, uh, uh, happy sound. Ouch. No, Ouch. I don't know. It's just Ouch. supposed. <laughs> it's it's an idea. Okay, so Ben also said that George's plan about the uh, dialogues re- already recorded with, by James Earl Jones were not yet decided. Uh, it's going to be des- decided what's going to happen to those recordings in about a year from now. So 
hmm, what's going to happen with the voice of Darth Vader? Who knows? The George knows. Dan Gregoire, the uh, pre-visualization effect supervisor. <laughs> yeah, that's a mouthful. Yeah, that's the best I can say. <laughs> uh, he said that episode 3 will be very concentrated on action. The movie itself... Uh, will be very dark so he said that fans will love the movie because it's dark in the movie we're gonna see Obi-Wan becoming General Kenobi the hero of the Clone Wars oh, what's, it, what's gonna happen uh, there's a scene where we might be seeing speeder bikes uh, Clone Trooper on speeder bikes sorry cool and uh, that's gonna it's been in the animatics we don't know if we're gonna see it yet there, we should that's what we say uh, there's a their big env- the, the biggest environment uh, environment environment yet <laughs> in the Star Wars universe will be created by ILM, and uh, it's going to be all numeric. So it's going to be all digital. All digital is going to be really cool. We got to get digital projectors for that movie, or it's going to be like really crappy. <laughs> Toronto, here I come. <laughs> And uh, the last time he spoke with Rick McCollum, uh, Dan said, Rick McCollum said, th- said to Dan, you know, I've only seen the animatics for the 10 last minutes, but they're so great, I'm, I'm getting shivers from them. So I think it's a good sign. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good sign. Uh, there will be a lot of new vehicles in uh, the episode 3, and they're going to be like a mix-up between episode 2 and the, la- the, the later, the Holy Trilogy, just to add the length a little bit. We're also going to see Wookiees in action, and apparently it's really something that you must not miss. Hopefully, arms coming off. That's what I want to see. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Pablo Hidalgo, then, uh, he did mention that the duel between Anakin and Obi-Wan will be extremely faster and more intense than the one we've seen between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. The new villain has uh, links with Darth Sidious, but no, it's not Darth Vader. Apparently, the last ten minutes of the movie will be around the same path, following around the same path that the, all the other movies are, f- are following. You just can't wait to see which music is going to be used. There's also going to be uh, two, more new, two more new people we didn't wait. Uh, the father of Padme. And, uh, uh, but we see him in the deleted scenes from episode yeah, two. Yes, and the Regal chef for Padme probably as well. So, two, uh, two people announced at the, la- at the last minute. The scene with the Skywalker, the Skywalker twins has been filmed. There will not be uh, young Hansel in episode 3, nor Mandalorians. And uh, apparently Boba Fett won't be in the movie neither. But Daniel Logan, the kid who played Boba Fett in Star Wars episode 2, was on the set of Star Wars episode 3 for but the last Tamara few days. Tamara Morrison, he was on the set. Tamara Morrison was also signed, and he did a few scenes for uh, Clone Trooper. But did he? <gasps> oh my god, it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> because he is just a clone. Because Boba Fett's just a clone. You know you're so funny. Okay, <laughs> so another another couple of uh, words we got from John Knoll from the uh, set diaries was that Obi Wan's going to have a lot of trouble against uh, new targets. Of course, the, these particular targets will be uh, a lot of work for for lightsabers, and they're not battle droids or Geonosians, and they're they got weapons that are really really good against Jedi's. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll see the come the come to the Star Wars anniversary. No? Islamary, Cortosus. I'm thinking more Cortosus. That would be really cool. And a uh, funny story that happened to George. He actually got locked up from his uh, own uh, uh, set on uh, Friday, I believe. He came. He went. He went to the set. He forgot his uh, pass, and the uh, security guard wouldn't let him go. Wouldn't let him in. He was just doing his job. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
George apparently took it in stride. After about and laughed about it. After yeah. about ten minutes, you know, George took a good laugh about it. One of the producer came out and he said, no, no, said "It is George. Come on, Dan. you know, <laughs> dumbass. That's it. Come on, dumbass. Let him come." In. Okay, so quickly a last look at the uh, hyperspace onset uh, webcam on September 9th. Uh, For those who are registered uh, to hyperspace. That's right. On September 9th at 1600 hours, 37 minutes and 40 seconds, you can see Obi-Wan with his lightsaber. The other, the other funny thing about that particular time timing is if you take a look around, you'll actually see the villain with his two lightsabers and the blue He's suit. In blue. With a blue suit, so that's so really he's cool. digital. That's right. On September 11th, it was a sad day for all America, but it wasn't. They, I don't think they had the time to actually take the time to mourn the the, the, the fallen on uh, on the set of, uh, in studio in the Fox Studio Australia. They probably did, but we, we didn't, didn't saw know it. about it. That's it. At 11.42, however, Daniel Logan was on the set, and he was feeding toward the cheese, which is the infamous cheese that we've seen on the webcam ever since the beginning of this, uh, of this produ- production. At 1,400 hours, you ha- he had a, si- a sign in his head saying, yes, I am Daniel Logan. On uh, September 16, we had a first clue, which was L-Y-M-I-R-N, and in the background, we could see folk figures with hovering items. And yes, we've heard from a, from a spy that this was actually a funeral set. And who uh, died? Who died? Mm. That's the question. On September 17, the last day of the, of the webcam wrap-up, uh, we, could ha- we could have another clue, which was R3N plus 3AE. Now, what does that mean? Who knows? We shall know Ren eventually. Number of the flight yeah. back to LA. The interesting, the interesting <laughs> thing about this, because I gotta finish this thing, uh, plasma screen with Star Wars Episode Three in, in sort of a title form, which is a really cool image to see at 19:04 hours uh, on September 17th, and of course at uh, 19:30, you can actually see Pablo Hidalgo uh, blindfolding the, the webcam, and he does it in a very particular way. So if you have the hyperspace webcam. Go see it. That's it. We're done. You can warn them. We're done. No more speaking. Okay. <laughs> no spoilers. more spoilers. No more spoilers. <sighs> Which Feeling bring- better? Yeah. <laughs> Which brings me to today's tricky question. There's in the Falcon... Okay, this is an interactive show, people. So we have a phone call. We, we, we have a phone so you can call us. We have email so you can email us. We have a chat room, so you can come and chat with us online, and uh, you're talking to our producer uh, most of the time. And you can watch us on the webcam. And you yeah. can watch us doing like mm. fooling around on the webcam as well. Yeah, you got uh, on the chat there, Rick William of the Outcast, who was uh, asking, uh, "Was the security guard fired? The one who?" Uh, no, yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> that was let on, on on TFN. They said he was fired. I'm not sure he was. I'm thinking that probably, but maybe not. Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> you know, probably not. Okay, well, in any case, the today's questions, to be like really, really tricky, there is a couple of tubings in the Millennium Falcon. One of these tubings has red paint on it, and it's a red stripe, and right next to that red stripe, you can see the letters D-N-G-N. Now, we're looking for the meaning of those letters. Of course, I, I do know them. <laughs> My producer's looking like, what the hell did that mean? <laughs> no, you, 
You already said uh, the answer to me. That's it. And um, we're asking you, the fans out there, what do these letters mean? D-N-G-N in red on tubing somewhere in the Million Falcon. <laughs> it's a little unset. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> it's a little unset trick question, so it's really funny. Okay. Uh, this is a very special sh special show because we actually had the opportunity to interview Lisa Stevens, who is the president of the official Star Wars website. And CEO of Peso Publishing. That's yeah. right. But... It's a, it's a really special show because of another thing we have today, which yeah. is the first Nathan's Rumbling. Yep. And Our first set. Of course, these Nathan's Rumbling are made by none other than Nathan Butler, the host of uh, Chrono Radio. And uh, webmaster, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Founder web of Star Wars. Founder and webmaster of StarWarsFanWorks.com. And uh, we're going to be listening to him in a couple of minutes because that's, a, that's what he's going to be rumbling and mumbling about our main subject which is the official fan club exactly uh, we could do a little bit of history about the fan club just before as I said in a couple of minutes we'll hear okay <laughs> okay so do I actually hey I actually know I got them here that's okay cool so where does the star the official Star Wars comes from back in 1977 Back in 1949, a, game a guy named George Lucas came to the world. <laughs> Back in 1997, after a couple of, uh, of, of uh, study in the, in the university, he made a movie called Star Wars, which was a big hit. So a year later... Really? Yeah. Really? Huh? So they say. I'm told. Okay. I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> it was three years before I was ever born, so... We're just in the mind of your parents. No, I, I don't even eye. think. I don't <laughs> even <laughs> think so. <laughs> anyway, the uh, a year later, a year after the release of Star Wars in 1978, the official Star Wars fan club came came to the world, and uh, thousands of fans apparently joined in. And they had to actually have something to have them come together and pull them together. Therefore, they ha they said that they were going to do a nice little. Uh, newsletter and they were wondering you know what we're going to do how is it going to be called so they asked the fan how do you want to call it and the first five the first five newsletter were not named they were simple newsletter to inform the fans about trying to find a name for this particular <laughs> newsletter and it, it took five of, it took five of them oh my god five, five Lucasfilm newsletter and uh, well you know stamps and stuff like that you have to compile yeah, all the answers snail mail yeah and uh, that snail mail result was either to be called the comlink for the official newsletter could have been great either inside Star Wars or it was to be called Banta Tracks and you know at that time you mean the Banta what did we know about the Banta it's like whoa a shaggy elephant <laughs> it's a shaggy <laughs> elephant <laughs> And we've seen it where? Only in one movie, so they don't they didn't need really that much. Two movies. Oh, in one movie then. Yeah, at, at that time, only one. Mm. So, finally they decided that they, they stopped on the Benta Track name. And from 1978 to 1987, there were 35 issues of the Benta Tracks that were published. In these 35 issues, the, eight, the, the first eight issues were uh, edited by Craig Miller. Then, uh, Jock Church edited the three last Benta tracks in 1987, and all the, all the big huge gap in between was edited by Maureen Garrett. Okay. 
and she was actually interviewed by uh, Kevin Fitzpatrick in one of the Star Wars Insider, okay. and she seems like a very good person. Hey, I think the uh, the first 22 Benta tracks are now available on the Hyperspace That's right. service. On the Star Wars Hyperspace. Hyperspace. They go really fast. And ironically enough, uh, and sadly enough for Benta tracks, you know, it came to an end in 1987, uh, wishing happy anniversary to Star Wars because <laughs> it was 10 years of Star Wars. Yeah. And the last, word, last w words written by Jock Church were, May the Force be with you. Always. And then, out of nowhere, was this little guy who came up above the horizon and said, I will find my fan club! <laughs> <laughs> That's you, no? No, that was, that was Dan Madsen. <laughs> I've never met the guy. <laughs> and Dan Madsen came out of Aurora, Colorado, And he took the club back in 1987. And remember, 1987, this is like the really dark age of Star Wars fandom. There was only the, uh, the role-playing game, pretty much. Role-playing game. I believe that's around the time that the first Dark Forces games came out, started to come oh out. Oh, boy, that was really dark. So it was really dark, <laughs> of course. And that's when I grew up. He decided to actually have a new magazine called the Lucasfilm Magazine, And he decided to have it published four times a year. So every three months. Which was really cool. And up till 1994, when George Lucas said, that's it, we're redoing the, sh the, the show, we're adding some scenes that were cut, you're going to have an all new thrill, and you're going to follow all of these information in the Star Wars Insider. And that's when Dan Manson decided to actually rename the Lucasfilm magazine to Star Wars Insider. Yep. And then the French and the name. Ever since 1994, the Star Wars Insider has been on a very bumpy road. <laughs> it went from publisher to publishers, and uh, it had kind of trouble. We skipped a couple of issue issues, and, uh, you know, you, you find yourself finding more information on the Internet than on the actual Insider, so you tell yourself, hmm, you know, why do, why do I still need the Insider for? Because what's the fan club for? But I'll let Nathan go. Nathan will explain all that. <laughs> all about that, that's right. <laughs> And um, therefore, in 1994, up to, I believe it was 1997 or so, uh, they were all under the supervision of Dan Madsen. No, wait. First Star Wars Celebration was in 1999. And so, about 2000, in year 2000, the Dan Madsen decided to let the uh, the fan club go away let the actual Star Wars Insider go away to someone else and uh, the people who actually took it back were some people called Fantastic Media and they published I think three issues and that's about it <laughs> only three? <laughs> only three. Oh. and <laughs> guess who took, took it back mm. take a wild guess mm. Lisa Stevens Wizards of the Coast yeah. Wizards of the Coast actually took back from issue number 61 Or so, and uh, no, wait, 61 is ever since is by is a uh, payload. Wish Wizard of the Coast took back from <laughs> issue 60, no, from issue 50 something, 50 something, 50 ish to 61. And uh, Wizards was having a hard time with the Star Wars celebration and the fact that itself, you know, what do we do? Where do we go? 
With Wiki. They had the Star Wars Gamers. They had the Star Wars Gamers published at the same time. And uh, sadly enough, we went to the Star Wars Celebration, the se- Celebration 2, the second Star Wars Celebration as well. And uh, we learned that Star Wars Gamer number 10 was going to be the last issue of Star Woo-hoo. Wars Gamers. The best magazine ever. It was amazing. It was really amazing. And after that, after those events of the the flaws and the the flunking of Star Wars Inside, uh, Star Wars Gamer. Gamers, sorry, um, Lucas Lucasfilm went around a little bit and took a look, and they saw that girl who actually founded with a couple of other people, uh, Wizard of the Coast, and she'd been out for a sabbatical year, and they took a look at her and they said, maybe she'd like to take it back, so they went her, they went to her and they said, hey Lisa. Would you like to have the Star Wars fan club to yourself? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> she agreed uh, without hesitation, and ever since then, at Paybo, Pay, Paizo, Paizo, yeah, Paizo, whatever, <laughs> P-A-I-Z-O dot com, publishing, <laughs> they've been uh, doing the Star Wars Insider ever since issue number 61, doing a really great job at it, I might add. Uh, they've brought in some new people, like Mary Franklin, who's working for Lucasfilm and Steve Sansweet as well, and she's doing very special issues called Bantatrax. Oh, my God. The new Bantatrax. <laughs> Bantatrax, the next generation. That's don't, right. Don't hit me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never mix Star Wars and Star Trek in the same sentence. You should know that, boy. <laughs> and uh, we saw the new coming of the Star Wars Bantatrax and the, the new coming of the Star Wars Insider. And ever since issue number 61, I just can't say that I've been unhappy because I have always been really happy about my Insider. Ever it's since. It's great getting it in the mail. It's lovely. And you get, like, something to read while you're at school. PG-13, right? <laughs> while you're supposed to be listening in class. Yeah, that's it, when you're supposed to be listening in class. <laughs> However, kids, stay in school, don't do drugs, and listen into your classes. Because it's very important, or you'll end up like us. Doing an internet <laughs> radio I, show. I, I'm in school. <laughs> I'm in school, too. I'm not. <laughs> okay, and your brother for, your brother works for Bristol Myers, so... <laughs> That's okay. We got it. And of course, from uh, the official fan club that here in America, there were reper- repercussions all over the world. And uh, back in '95, uh, the French decided to actually have their own Star Wars fan club magazine, and they started the French ver- kind of version of the Star Wars Insider over there, called strangely the Lucasfilm Magazine. And uh, <laughs> they're up to 43 number now. And there was really, really big problem with that particular issue in the recent coming and I just want to introduce you to that particular issue before we actually go to Nathan's rumbling and before we go to Lisa Stevens Mm -hmm. uh, the interview with Lisa Stevens because we talked a little bit about that particular issue in the years that followed that followed the development of the new special edition for Star Wars we had tons and tons of news about new prequels movie and when the production on those movies began, we actually had access to pictures in the Star Wars Insider. Of course, members had it, had it first, and members with scanners used to scan those pictures, put them on the internet, and everybody on the internet community would, would get the pictures. Would get the pictures. And that would become the internet threat. Oh, yes. And, you know, it did occur to me a couple of times, you know, all the information I get in the Insider, I get like two months one month, a couple of weeks before 
on the internet? Why should I keep being a member? And you're going to have that, que- that question actually answered by Lisa Stevens in her interview, so I'll let you listen to that. But more recently, as in next last week, <laughs> this week, yeah. this week, in fact, we actually posted, and we were the first to post the image of Anakin in episode three. Mm. Kick-ass image, kick-ass image. Seriously, from the French Lucas from magazine. the French Lucasfilm magazine. It wasn't. It didn't took long before we actually received a nice, almost a subpoena letter <laughs> <laughs> from from the editor of the Lucasfilm magazine, and he asked us to remove those pictures. So we did. Or else. Or else. And we had. A, we actually had the opportunity to talk with him this afternoon, and he said yeah. that he would have probably put up the, uh, mm. took out the uh, the lawyers after us. Uh, and Steve sends we to join him in. The yeah. Well, Steve had, had a little bit more of weight. <laughs> of course, we, we know that. And um, we just took the picture out. Yeah. For those wondering, uh, Star Wars Nadzek is basically uh, from Setland.net. It's, it's the broader website of Setland.net. Yeah. So the, the, the little Setland.net on the force that that threw us off <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, that was us uh, that we posted the image that got us into trouble exactly yeah. and uh, how can you say that uh, probably that uh, there are new r- new rules now to let's say pro- protect uh, magazines that's because right. of the internet so uh, uh Probably for the insider and all the all the Star Wars all, magazines. All the Star Wars magazine. They will. They sh- should be a certain rule from uh, from now on uh, on using some of those pictures. So uh, that's right. Just watch out. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> so Nathan's but uh, so rumbling. we're gonna listen now to uh, Nathan giving us a little rumbling about about his thoughts about the official fan club. Yep. And uh, right after that, I'm gonna check my nice we'll production dis- sheet. Uh, we'll discuss a little bit about what he talked about. We're gonna be talking a little bit about what he talked about. Then we're gonna go to a little break. Yep. And then we'll listen to Lisa Stevens, and go to another break. And we're gonna do like a lot of. There's a lot of stuff coming up in the show, so stay tuned. And uh, we're gonna leave you right now with uh, Nathan's rumbling. You. Nathan? Warning, the warning. views <laughs> expressed are his own <laughs> and do not reflect upon Star Wars on the Act. <laughs> Nathan, we like you, but that was hard, man. <laughs> so here, here we go? Here we go. Okay, just wait a, a little sec. That's okay, find your, se- find your uh, segment. Yep. And uh, thank you very much, Nathan, for uh, doing this, uh, ac- this uh, editorial for us. We hope uh, you'll collaborate with us again in the couple of next uh, shows. And uh, hey, you know, if you want to drop on radio, that's fine with us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you will. Oh, come on, he's an editorialist on Star Wars on Direct. What else could you like more? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Good day, America, Canada, and, well, citizens of Earth. This is Nathan Butler, host of Chrono Radio, founder of StarWarsFanWorks.com, and now your guest commentator, well, until Danny and company get sick of me, on Star Wars On Direct. The guys have called this segment Nathan's Rumbling, so a rumbling we shall go. 
We'll start off the segments with a bang this time, going entirely against the grain of what I bet is the pro Star Wars fan club party line coming from the club president during this show. Seriously, ma'am, I love you, and I love the fan club of my youth, but something's got to give somewhere. You see, back during my childhood, I was a member of the Star Wars fan club. In those days, people signed up for memberships to the club and received perks like badges, membership cards, and items similar to what we get today. The biggest perk of membership was the club's newsletter, Bantha Tracks. Yeah, the same Bantha Tracks is now being reprinted for hyperspace members at StarWars.com. I remember those ugly little buggers very fondly. Bantha Tracks in those days was a fold-out sheet of paper, much like a newspaper page. You had a slightly oversized item that was nearly the size of a piece of paper, and you folded it up once and out a couple times to make something twice as tall and four times as wide as it used to be. It was, in a very real sense, like looking at an unfolded newspaper page. It was our Star Wars Times, Star Wars Today, or whatever other bad newspaper puns you'd care to use. It was a great perk, and those of us who joined found it interesting, if ugly. I mean, imagine a publication in black and white printed on paper hued with one color per issue. I still cringe at the baby blue Ewoks and Droids issue and have a hard time reading the bright orange issue without sunglasses. But it was ours, and we loved it because this was a fan club for us. In an age where there was no internet, no free nights and weekends, no rollover minutes, and no free long distance. Can you hear me now? Well, you couldn't then. But times have changed, and Star Wars fan clubs, and THE Star Wars fan club, have changed with them. Today, if you're a Star Wars fan, you tend toward your own preferred form of expression. The internet has opened up vast new avenues for community participation. You like costuming? Join the Imperial 501st. You're into fan films? Drop by Adam Films, the Force.net fan films, or any number of fan film community message boards. Want fan audio? Try StarWarsFanWorks.com. Just ignore that loudmouth butler running the show, right? Like fan fiction? Join a writer's circle or drop by FanFix.com. Looking for a local action? Oh, join one of the hundreds of local Star Wars fan clubs or fan forces around the globe. Ah, but I, there's the rub, as Hamlet would say. What do all of those groups have in common? Well, I'll tell you what they don't. Lucasfilm Limited. Star Wars fans no longer need a centralized outlet for their fan energies and information desires. The internet provides that for us. As a result, look at what's become of the Star Wars fan club. As fans, we no longer join the Star Wars fan club and receive a publication as a perk. Alright, look, if you're about to say, yes we do, shut up and sit down. We don't. How did the vast majority of us enter the Star Wars fan club in the modern Star Wars era? We didn't choose to join a fan club. We subscribed to Star Wars Insider, and that subscription automatically put us into the club. Did we pay to get in for the membership card and the badges? No. Most of us could care less about those, and I bet about a quarter of us threw them out. We paid for the magazine so we could get it conveniently and before anyone else. This time, the magazine was the purchase, and the membership is the perk and a perk that doesn't really amount to much in the long run for most subscribers. The club is no longer the central issue of the purchase, and why should it be? Being part of the fan club used to mean being the only ones with access to the exclusive content of Bantha Tracks, all the inside scoop. These days, most Star Wars fan sites worth their salt have spoilers long before official publications will tell about them, and that inside scoop publication, Star Wars Insider these days, is no longer exclusive to members. Anyone patient enough to wait a short time can pick it up on the newsstand and have their own extra, extra, read all about it scoop fest. No, today, the true exclusive Star Wars materials have moved out of the mailbox and into the, well, mailbox. From snail mail to email, from print pages to web pages, 
StarWars.com's hyperspace is now the true bastion of exclusive Star Wars content, and we pay for that service as well, though without the patronizing, oh, look, you can be in our club too, thank you kindly, club membership slapped on as an unsolicited perk. So, what do we need the official Star Wars fan club for anymore? Well, uh, hang on, I'm thinking. Well, they, um, nope, uh, the web does that. Or they, no, um, I guess homegrown fan clubs and message board communities do that too. Well, okay, so we don't need it anymore. But in that obsolete nature comes an opportunity to make the fan club something truly fan-centered and truly desirable to fans again. Lucasfilm, take heed. You want us to be in your official fan club? Bundle that hyperspace and insider into one package and actually give fan club members something exclusive in terms of new materials. Aside from just slapping a few rather sad little pages onto a few issues of Insider to cast a shadow over the Bantha Tracks name of old. Give club members truly exclusive content and show your club nature and support by nurturing and perhaps helping to provision small local fan clubs who want to be affiliated with the big boys. The gaming companies do it with sanctioned tournaments all the time. Why can't you do it with, say, trinkets or charter letters to the clubs or even simply notepads with official fan club letterhead or something similar. We're fans out here, and we're forming our own clubs in our own communities. Thanks to the internet, you've been left behind. Make the fan club truly a club for fans again, and step up to the plate. Maybe then you won't have to trick us into adding to the fan club roster tallies by giving memberships to magazine subscribers like free toasters to new bank customers. We'll feel like you respect us that way, and we'll feel the same respect for your efforts in return. At this moment, though, the official Star Wars fan club might as well not even exist. With rumblings to think about, I'm Nathan Butler. Now, back to the boys in Canada. Hello. We're back. We're back. That's right. (laughs) Thank you, Nathan. (laughs) That was really kind of you. That was educational. Toasters, eh? Why, you're lucky. <laughs> I didn't get anything when I subscribed to my bank. Neither did I. And I can't even get, like, the Star Wars credit cards, which is really sad because I got a credit card. Just for Star Wars. Especially to buy Star Wars hyperspace services. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great, uh, a great editorial. That's right. Thank you again, Nathan. And I hope we will see you in the next show. Oh, the music fits again. And now we're going to go to Brian, who's going to tell you how to contact us if you have any comments about Nathan's rumblings. Yep. Email studio at s-w-e-n-d-i-r-e-c-t dot com. MSN Messenger, s-w-e-n-d-i-r-e-c-t at hotmail dot com. Hi, I'm sure Phone, Continue. Montreal area, 514-942-1138. Outside of Montreal, one five one four nine four two eleven thirty eight, and on the chat, um, you get, there's a link on the main site at www.swendirect.com. That's right. Thank go. you, Brian. Very welcome. And uh, just a little update on the emails, uh, Mike McMillan. We've received your email. Wanted to let you know. Uh, because we do check them during the show. However, we just want to tell all of you listeners out there be that, uh, sadly enough, we will not be taking any more questions for Mrs. Lisa Stevens as the interview has been pre-recorded. Um, however, Mike, I'll take a little time later on in the show to try and answer to your question. Okay. A little bit more talk about the fan clubs. 
as as uh, Nate mentioned in the uh, in, in his uh, editorial, we now have the internet, and thanks to thanks to it, we don't need a Star Wars fan club anymore. I don't totally agree with that. Mm. However, being myself an RSA and a CR for fanforce.net, which is I'm sorry, but I believe one of the biggest fan community uh, websites out there. I have yet to see a bigger one. I have yet to see a bigger one, too. But there are some others. Brian, I think you know some of the, some, someone, some, some of those. Like, uh, well, there's the Galactic Senate. I don't know if they do a lot of uh, fan get-togethers. But there's a lot no, of it French... It's, it's not structured like Fan Like Fan Force, that's right. There are the French ones with Sith Clan mm-hmm. and... Um, ones in France that I know yeah, of Star Wars yeah. Universe and uh, there's a couple but it's it's small fan clubs that's that right. not necessar- necessarily go to fan force exactly so that's so right. you got the fans for fan force fans and you got small pockets of fans of other fans yeah that's right and um, well one of the one of the actual fan clubs that do come out in all of these that I'm thinking of is actually a website now and they've been a website for a couple of years they were they were they merged with uh, the force.net and you know them very well they're named blue harvest uh-huh. and that's because back in 1993 uh, mary joe fox and uh, adam from chicago actually decided to come up with a newsletter for star wars fans Oh. There were pen pals at the time, and they decided to actually come up with a little publication called Blue Harvest. And they did so for a couple of years, but then they realized that the internet threat was way too big. Because how is it that, you'd like, that you can actually compete with a website that can update itself every day mm. when you only send your... Anytime. Uh, that's at any time. When you only send your publications out three times a year, four times a year, in the, in, mm-hmm. in the, in the luckiest... So they decided to actually go on in the website world, and uh, now you have the Blue Harvest website along the the Force.net website, and uh, the Force.net bring us of course FanForce.net. Uh, as I was saying, I'm a CR, I'm an RSA of Quebec here. Uh, there's thousands and thousands of fans who visit the, the, the FanForce pages every day. It's a really weary kind of community because. You gotta be careful around them. <laughs> Why? Uh, just in that, just in th- so that you know, you don't step, step on, on any toes. That's right, step on any toes, and uh, it can be pretty tricky to walk around these guys. Okay. But it's really fun, and if you if you're not you're not a member of FanForce, I gotta say, you should take a look at it. You should go on the on the website, take a look at your region, find your region, find your city. Uh, take a look. Take a look at your city forums, and I'm sure you're g- you're going to see. And that if you don't one have one, talk to your RSA. That's right. Well, it, or find a couple of fans and launch your city. On that's it. That's exactly. a, that's a little bit more details. But when I was, what I was going to say is, if you find your city, just like if you want register or not, just take a look at when their when their next meeting is, and go talk to them, because they're Star Wars fans, and Lord knows that there's a lot of closet fans out there nowadays. So yes, especially in Quebec. Especially here in Quebec, and you don't want to, you know, keep that in, keep that in too much. No, we're not closet fans. The proof is we have a webcam in our closet. <laughs> <laughs> so we're out there. And no, I will not take my shirt off for ten bucks. <laughs> okay. Um, of course, Nathan was also talking about the membership kits that were about patches and stuff like that. 
So then if you want to show it a little bit. So we have here the Benetrax patch that came with the membership uh, kit for 2003. And we also had the little origami from uh, Pedro Publishing. Paper Stanley. Paper Stanley for, uh, for membership kit as well. Because And they had a nice letter you know, from Lisa saying, you can put that somewhere on your desk at your place and people will know you're a Star Wars fan and you know, they can recognize you by that little thing there. So I'm thinking that we probably should all get like a little tattoo somewhere that says Star Wars Fan Club or something so that everybody can... <laughs> yeah, right. One you know, paid tattoo you know, with the membership. Yeah, thing. that's it. You know, you, you watch on the rest of someone, you have a little SWFC and, oh, you're part of, of the Star Wars Fan Club. You're a fan too. And that would be like hell. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be fun. Though, you know. So I do believe, yes, Nathan's made really good, good comments. Point. He did make yeah. a really good point. But the uh, the idea to make hyperspace and the insider or the fan club only one entity is pr- probably the best option for the future. But it's a w- they won't make as much money. Probably. However, in the beginning of the hyperspace services, hyperspace they tried it yeah. for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But well, hyperspace w- would cost a little bit more. Probably yeah. you, you would well get hyperspace and the fan club and the insider. The package deal, yeah, deal. the package deal that, that that was there when I registered for hyperspace and was sadly enough only available to Americans because I would suscri- I would have subscribed it for that package right there was forty bucks US for the Star for one annual membership to Star Wars Insider and one annual membership to hyperspace. Good deal. Good deal because the Star Wars Insider could then comes to you for twenty bucks, which is cheap. Which is really cheap in comparison to what it's really costing. I think it's mm. 37 bucks or something like that. $40 in Canada. That's it. So, you know, you get a good deal yeah. there. <laughs> Would have been really fun, but sadly enough, they took it off. And now I'm due, to, I'm due for renewal, and I don't have the option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too bad I paid for hyperspace anyway, so. But it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And, um, you know, Nathan did mention the the... The fact that we don't see a lot of stuff n- with new n- new news in the Star Wars Insider, and that we, we we're now subscribing more to the Insider itself than to the Fan Club, mm-hmm. and the Fan Club is a perk that comes with the Star Wars Insider. He's right as well, but I still have my card, and I will keep my card very preciously. All of them, all of my Star Wars Fan Club. But I think one of the adventu- advantages of the Fan Club is. Uh, you when you go to the Star Wars celebration, you got some kind of rebate. Uh, mm, well, yeah, okay. There's a different line to get in. That's okay. it. Well, okay, you, you don't get a rebate on the ticket price. I, the ticket price was seventy-five dollar, and I believe that the other price was one twenty-five, but I'm not sure okay. for the non-members for the entire weekend. So yes, we did get a rebate on the general entry, and we were getting a in fast line. We were fast line. Yeah, that's that, that's a that's a big word. Faster <laughs> line. Faster line. <laughs> Even that that that's a bigger word as well. <laughs> okay, just just to put you into like into what it was at celebration two, I woke up every day at five thirty and I got down from my hotel room straight to the Star Wars Fan Club members entrance. On the first day, I was ten foot away from the door. And second day I was 25 feet away from the door, and third day I was 50 feet away from the door. Ouch. And I woke up at 5.30 every morning. <laughs> Fans learn quickly. I'm sleeping right next to that door ne- in, in, in <laughs> <Time>. 2005. <laughs> I don't think you'll be the only one. 
Yeah, well, well, we'll have like they're, they're probably fixed that problem. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, but we'll we'll manage something. You know, we're Star Wars on direct. We'll be having a show live from the doors of Star of the Star Wars <laughs> celebration. So <laughs> it won't be any problem. We'll, we'll talk to Steve about that. We'll have a lack of sleep problem, but that's yeah. something else. And um, just hook us up uh, intravenously with to coffee. Yeah, mm. oh, that's good. There's a Starbucks right across the street. <laughs> in any <laughs> case, if it's in, in Indianapolis If it's again. in Indianapolis again Of course Please Please Steve <laughs> If you're listening Do consider Hindi again <laughs> And uh, The thing is Like with that line There were so many fans That to give you an idea Some people were seeing The roof of the RCA Dome And that In order We, we measured it And the RCA Dome Is actually a football field With Structures built around it mm. In order to see the roof Of the RCA Dome the line would have to have been seven and a half football field long for the members of the Star Wars fan club. Imagine for the non-members. Just imagine for the non-members, and there were 27,000 of us over there. <laughs> That's just too much. That's just crazy. We were, we were having trouble like moving around and almost breathing that on, on Saturday. It was really incredible. But it was really fun. And even though I was going in like an hour earlier, that's an hour I would spend... Anyway, waiting for the uh, Star Wars Celebration store to open, so I could buy my Yorks of Cool. Okay. So I could so buy you my little two hours in line before you actually got to see anything. Yeah. Then you had to go wait in line to get a ticket so that you could get into the main the main ballroom. Once you had that one ticket, you either had to go wait in line for that particular show, or come back and wait in line for another show, for another ticket for another show. So. You know, that was all waiting in line. Anyway, <laughs> that particular like perk from the Star being being a member of the Star Wars fan club gave us a little bit earlier access to the uh, to, to the site, of course, which was fun to take a look around with the. Uh, with but the probably next time, everybody will get a membership just to get in the faster line. Which will not be faster in any case because yeah. everybody will have gotten the membership. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Something like that, you know. But to get back to the subject here, uh, Nathan did talk about the, uh, the the fact that we don't get any more really good news in Star Wars Insider. It's kind of true. We do get some little news from time to time. Mostly interviews. Mostly interviews. Yeah. But what we're, what what Lisa is going to tell us a little about is she's going to talk a little bit about what's coming up. And uh, one of the things that's really fun is that the Insider is adding back a little bit to what the Banta Tracks were doing. And they're going back to more with, to, with more in-depth interviews. So, now we're going to go to a short musical break with uh, Headstrong Trap. And uh, after that, we're going to be coming back with Miss Lisa Stevens that we recorded earlier on our show. And uh, we hope you enjoy it very much. So stay tuned to Star Wars on Direct. We'll be right back af after this interview. Station's too high 
Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you are listening to Star Wars on the Left. And welcome back, everybody, to Star Wars on Direct. We're here with uh, Lisa Stevens, the president for the official Star Wars fan club. Hello, Lisa. Hey, how are you? Uh, we're doing fine. Uh, how is it? How's the, how's the, the temperature down, down the Pacific? <laughs> well, I'm actually up in Seattle, Washington, and uh, it's actually a beautiful day. Okay. So, uh, Lisa Stevens, president of the official Star Wars fan club uh, since number 61 of the Star Wars Insider. That's correct. Uh, we've got tons of questions for you. I hope you're ready. I am set. <laughs> uh, first question we're going to go to is, um, since when have you been a Star Wars fan? Jeez, I've been a Star Wars fan ever since the first movie uh, back in 1977. Uh, I can remember going to see the movie about 12 times uh, at the movie theater. I even dragged my parents to see it. Um, <laughs> any, any excuse I could get to go see it. So... Uh, you know, and then I got the novelizations, went through the mind's eye, and the comics, and really just kind of became a huge fan at that point. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, you know, grown over the years, obviously. Okay. And what happened after you became a fan? Like, before you became the president of the Star Wars fan club, <laughs> wh where do you come from? What, what did you do in your life? So you, okay, well, basically, I, I you know, I, I, I went to, I was in, you know, high school when I saw... Star Wars, and then I went to college, and uh, during college I started playing Dungeons and Dragons with some friends, and it, from there I got very interested in, in the game industry, and uh, it ended up uh, starting a company with some friends at college, and uh, long story short, it sort of led me through a couple of companies, including a company I started called Wizards of the Coast, uh, which some people might know is the... The Star Wars role-playing game and the Star Wars trading card game now. Mm -hmm. That's right. And uh, used to be the owners of the fan club before we were. And, uh, you know, so kind of my, my love of Star Wars kind of merged with my love of gaming and led me to where I am. Well, we're going to talk about gaming a little bit later in this interview. Sure. Um, so how did you become the president of the Star Wars fan club? You just said you were, you were working at uh, Wizard of the well, Coast. Well, I, I was one of the you know, people that started Wizards, Wizards of the Coast. And uh, when I was at Wizards, uh, we had the opportunity to get the Star Wars role-playing game when uh, West End Games went out of business. And they, they were the licensees before Wizards. And uh, I was working in the role-playing department, and I, and I led the charge to get the role-playing game. Okay. And uh, after that, I became the brand manager for Star Wars at Wizards of the Coast. And then uh, when we had the uh, opportunity to, to get the fan club back in 19... I guess it was 2000, early 2000, mm -hmm. uh, at Wizards, uh, I led that charge, too. And also the uh, whole trading card game when we got the license for that. So I was involved very much with Star Wars at Wizards, and then I left in uh, the end of 2000. I ended up leaving the company and took about a year off. And I knew that at one point 
there was a, I figured there was a pretty good chance that Hasbro was going to decide they didn't want to do magazines. And so I left feelers in the water that if they ever decided to, to do that, I would you know be interested in buying that part of the company. And lo and behold, a year later they came and said, you know, you're interested in buying this, and it took us about a half a year to to get the deal put together. And then last uh, summer, you know, we consummated the deal with Lucasfilm and with uh, Wizards of the Coast, and we brought the magazines into our own company, and uh, here I am. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of a jack-of-all-trades for uh, Star Wars and gaming. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've always been a jack-of-all-trades my whole life. I... You know, my, my my degree is in biology, but you know, I uh, started doing sales and marketing and art direction and you name it over the course of my years. And so I have a very diverse background. I went back and got my master's in business uh, when I was at Wizards to kind of round my education out. And so yeah, I do a little bit of everything. Oh, that's good. Biology, you said. That's right. The first degree you had. Biology. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you do you believe? Biology, as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> do you believe in the midichlorians thing? Is there? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I, you don't, you don't need to talk about midichlorians to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we know you were already a big fan before you became the president uh, of the Star Wars fan club and became the uh, one of the CEO for the Star Wars Insider. Uh, how big a fan are you now? Are you like just a bigger fan, or is it? You know, if, if, if you saw my house, you wouldn't even ask me this question. <laughs> uh, my, my partner Vic Wirtz and I, Vic and I, have been together for ten years. Uh, we're, we're we're one of the largest collectors in the whole world of Star Wars. I mean, we pale compared to Steve Sansweet, but who doesn't? Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have this huge collection, and uh, we have an entire uh, we have this we 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 built our dream house. Uh, over the last three years, um, and uh, we have this entire wing of our house that's d devoted to Star Wars. We call it the X-wing. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that's good. I <laughs> know. Uh, thank you. We have about you know probably about almost three thousand square feet of display space for our collection. Wow. And then and then to top it off, well, I mean, there's two other cool things. I mean, first of all, we have uh, the the largest most complete Star Wars arcade collection in the world. I have every arcade machine from all over the world, um, even ones that Steve doesn't have. So. I'm oh. So, oh, I'm so getting jealous of you now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it gets better, okay? Because Vic and I love movies. You know, okay. obviously, Star Wars is a movie, but we love movies in general. And we decided we wanted a, a home theater. And during the course of talking about what we're going to do with the home theater, uh, I had the fortune to meet Doug Chang, who was the... Uh, production designer for episodes one and two, mm -hmm. and we convinced Doug to design the theater for us, and so he designed the Death Star, the Death Star Hollowed Theater for us. Oh, drawings and sketches, and then we had, we had basically uh, a local company that doesn't work with Walt Disney and, the, and their theme parks, theme it out for us, and and now I have the Death Star Hollowed Theater in my home. So Sweet. <laughs> or what? <laughs> that, this is really cool. <laughs> um, were you present at the second Star Wars celebration, and for that matter, the first one as well? I, I was. I was present at both. The first time at the first Star Wars uh, celebration in Denver, I was a fan, standing out in the muck and mud with all of you, <laughs> and uh, you know, waiting my my time to get in line and you know to to see things. So uh, you know, was just a big fan back then. Uh, for the second celebration, uh, I was, uh, you know, one of the 
one of the staff members, I ran the collectibles uh, track of panels in one of the rooms, the okay. white water ballroom. And, uh, so I was very involved, but very busy. <laughs> the whole yeah. Well, I, I hope you'll excuse me, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I just didn't have the time to afford to go to one of your uh, collectibles panel, although I really wanted to do so, but I had to wait in, long for, in line for too long. <laughs> yeah, I know. Their lines were a problem. Hopefully they'll get fixed next time. But no, it, it, it was a problem, but it was also like a good thing because we get to meet new people and it was really fun. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's just true. You, you know, meeting, meeting new friends in Star Wars is, is, is one of the coolest things about Star Wars. That's it. Um... So far in your experience, what's the funniest fan experience you, you've lived, and like, what's the funniest, uh, the funniest things you've seen in both Star Wars uh, Celebration, for example? Wow, I mean, just I, you know, it's so hard to pick one thing out that stands out in my mind. I mean, Star Wars fans in general just are the coolest group of people, and and whenever I go to conventions or you know just other other gatherings of, of Star Wars fans, the uh, The generosity and the camaraderie that I see is just unparalleled in any other. I mean, I, you know, obviously I've, I've, I've involved with a lot of other things with gaming and stuff, and I think Star Wars fans just surpassed everything I've, I've ever run into. I mean, I just, they just are so loyal and passionate to the Star Wars <laughs> universe and the saga, and it just they're just the coolest people. I, mean, I, you know, it's just it's a whole thing rather than just a single, you know memory or something yeah you don't have like one thing in particular no nah, I can't really think of anything just off the top of my head everything everything <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just a generality of it okay well that's that's okay <laughs> uh, now I got a tribing question for you sure so watch, watch out for the Lucasfilm implant uh, can with what now the Lucasfilm implant ah you mean the thermite bomb at the base of my skull yeah <laughs> there when you learn stuff about the next movie no we actually want to ask you something because you're kind of close related at least to the fan club so we wanted to, to know if you had any idea or if there had been anything decided as far as the Star Wars Celebration 3 goes I mean Steve Stansweet's been working on that and working very hard on it uh, he was hoping to have something to announce this summer it just didn't come about I know he's working on it and he wants to announce it as soon as he can uh, but yes they're working on it no there's nothing to announce yet Okay. <laughs> That's your story and you're sticking to it. <laughs> That's right. Um, how much do you like working with the fans and, and for the fans? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's one of the biggest, coolest things. I mean, when you get the letters like we get for Insider, where people just write in and talk about how Insider's changed their life or how they've met, you know, a, a lifelong partner through something with Star Wars... You know, it's just really, really cool. I mean, again, the fans are the best, and you know, being able to work with them day in, day out, and uh, and hear from them, and see them, meet them at conventions, it's just, it's just the neatest thing. I mean, how can you not like working for Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of letters received by the fans, in the last Insider, there was a, a particular letter that like really struck me about. The, uh, the Millennium Falcon getting to um, Bespin after the Imperial the the the, uh, the Imperial armies and after Vader and after Boba Fett, you know, why would you decide to publish a letter like that? <laughs> Because it was really funny to read, though. <laughs> you know, the letter Dave Gross, our editor in chief, just basically takes out letters that he thinks will be 
interesting to the fans, either from a you know human interest standpoint or from some part of uh, you know Star Wars trivia point of view or something like that. He just kind of you know I, I, he has carte blanche to pretty much put whatever he wants <laughs> in there, and you know you'd have to ask Dave the question about why he put you know a certain letter in. Oh, we'll sure do in our in, in, in the interview we'll have with him probably next year. Um, now another well, not really such a big like Lucasfilm question, but what are the restrictions imposed by Lucasfilm and Lucas licensing in terms of helping fan-based event? Uh, we've as we were, as we've been talking earlier in the show, ever since the IMAX premiere for Attack of the Clone, uh, it seems to us that the the official fan club and Lucasfilm in itself seems to be a little bit more open to uh, general uh, Star Wars fans. Yeah, I mean, Lucasfilm's always been open. It's just, you know, it needs a, a mechanism to, you know, Steve Stansweet's one man, <laughs> and he works really, really, really hard. And unfortunately, you know, in the past he didn't have a lot of help from, you know, other other sources. But now that we have the fan club, we've been pushing and saying, let's do some fun stuff for Star Wars fans. You know, we started the, the Star Wars breakfast that we ran during the course of the, this last summer, and we'll continue to do things like that when we can. Um, and so it helps Steve out. You know, the IMAX uh, poster thing, or the IMAX premieres all over North America. Mary Franklin, who is my marketing manager, used to work at Lucasfilm. Uh, she worked a lot with Steve on helping to set up all the, the cool fan events that went with that. Um, so basically, Steve just got some more help now, <laughs> which helps yeah. do more things. And you know, that's been a big part of what we wanted to do with the fan club was was bring the fan back in the fan club. That's it, because I can tell you, I've been like a member since number 35 or something like that of the Star Wars Insider, and you know, I've always been wondering, you know, where are the fans in my region and stuff like that. So of course, I tumbled upon uh, Fan Force and I tumbled upon my local uh, science fiction fan club. But I was a little bit deceived by that. But it seems to be getting bigger. As you said, there's the Star Wars breakfast going up. Uh, of course, Star Wars Celebration 3, you'll most definitely be involved in that, I'm guessing. Absolutely. And uh, I think uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the future later on during this interview. Sure. Uh, right now, there's an ongoing subject that I think many people want to have the answers to. <laughs> Uh, Lucasfilm Magazine published some co- some cool pictures of Episode 3. We're not going to say what was on the picture. We're just going to say that they're really cool pictures. The new Lucasfilm Magazine is in, in stores right now. You can go get it if you want to take a look at the pictures. They're worth it. <laughs> but um, you work for you work for the, the, the fan club. You, you work with Insider. How do you consider the, and deal with the Internet threat at Paizo Publishing? Because you also have like different other different uh, magazines involved with RPG but especially for the Star Wars Insider you must always keep this interest for the fans to get them and uh, Lucasfilm Magazine the the latest Lucasfilm Magazine is definitely one of the best examples because some of the picture sadly got 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 scanned and uh, published on the internet again very sorry about that (laughs) and um do you like? What do you see? To, what do you see yourself doing in the future to to give us like some new, better information and when we can get at hyperspace and stuff like that? Well, I mean, it's, 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 that's a, an ongoing issue. It's been an issue for probably the last you know four years um, as the internet's grown. Uh, 
it's been a, it's, been, it's harder to make something news, you know, to do news stuff. I mean, even magazines like Time Magazine, which you know, a weekly news thing, they they can't cover the news as well as 24-hour news stations like CNN. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just it's 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 part of the way the world's grown. So what we do try to do with Insider is we try to have articles that are timeless. We try to do less news and more uh, in depth. More, you know, getting behind the scenes, more getting to the stars and letting them know what they're doing and what their thoughts are and stuff like that. You know, we see, you know, people having insiders and going back to them over the years and rereading things. And it's not, you know, like a newspaper where you're going to read it and throw it away. So that's part of what we're doing with, with, you know, insiders to try to separate ourselves. I mean, another thing we do is we work with um, various people who have news, whether it's Lucasfilm or Hasbro or one of the other licensees, and we try to uh, get them to give us exclusive news that they're not going to announce anywhere else. Um, and like we've, you know, we're the first people to uh, show the Macquarie Stormtrooper action figure that's coming out later. Yeah. We, we have uh, some, you know, images coming up. We're going to be the uh, First to uh, show off the new Job of the Hut action figure that's coming up next year from Hasbro. They do things like that and give us certain things that you know allow us to to still have something newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and the third thing we do is, is we're we're starting you know we're making relationships with the websites and talking to them about how we can work together um, and how we can do things that are detrimental to each other and, and and actually beneficial. So you know that's something I think you'll see on. Ongoing uh, in the next year is, is, you know, the fan clubs working more with the websites to try to be partners as opposed to enemies. Okay, that's really cool. Um, do you think that the internet uh, has affected the sales of the uh, of the fan club memberships since 1999? Because we know that man- many members uh, didn't want to receive the Star Wars Insider because of the included spoilers, and uh, then after that they were like tens of thousands of reasons that came up more stupid than anything <laughs> personally that's why I'm still a member <laughs> so like have you seen like uh, a sales rate go, going down or you know membership in the fan club it goes up and down and it usually goes up and down with the movies um, so you have uh, you know basically the when the movies come out you know probably uh, six months leading up to the movie it gets a lot uh You know, stronger, and after that, it's uh, it dips off a bit. Okay. Oh, that's good. Uh, I mean, it's it's it's, it's cyclical. I mean, I, you know, if, if the answer to your real question is sure, the internet's had an effect, but it's also increased awareness. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Did you ever thought about a new version of the fan club, for that matter? Uh, we know that StarWars.com came up with the homing beacon for uh, about that. You know, to to give up like a little bit of information but not too much you mean like something online or yeah I, I don't quite get the question well did did you ever thought of having the Star Wars Insider going into a PDF file into emails instead of having uh, letting it published well I think we'll always have a published version of Insider it's, it's part of our what we do best and it's part of our mandate from Lucasfilm But, you know, we, we're always open to considering new things, and I think you'll, you know, in the next year you'll see a little bit more of a web presence for us on our website. Uh, we have a new webmaster that 
that uh, started early this year, and uh, he's been working on our subscriptions, which we brought in house because we wanted to have better customer service for our, our, our subscribers. And uh, but you know, he's going to start once that's all up and, and, and running smoothly. He's going to uh, start focusing on putting some content up, stuff that you wouldn't see on StarWars.com. I mean, it's not going to be the Star Wars news about the filming of the movies, but it'll be you know stuff about fans and stuff. Okay. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what happened between the Insider Hyperspace deal? Because uh, a couple of months back, we had the opportunity to subscribe to Hyperspace. I myself got a credit card just for that. <laughs> and uh, when I went online, I, knew, I noticed that uh, like Amer- uh, mostly Americans fan could also subscribe to the Insider uh, with a deal. Uh, now it's been cut. I think you told me. Uh, was it just like too much to handle, or no? It's just, it was. It was something Lucasfilm came up with to try to promote um, these. You know, the, the two fan things together. I mean, hyperspace is made for the hardcore Star Wars fan as a way to get you know behind the scenes, see the filming. I don't know if you've been on it, but it's pretty dang awesome. Oh yes. And, <laughs> uh, and then you know, with uh, Insider, you have this you know this other leg of this, and so. Lucasfilm said, hey, why don't we market these together for a limited time and just, you know, say, hey, this is the ultimate fan experience insider in hyperspace. Oh, well, sadly enough, I, I, I didn't have a chance to actually subscribe to it because I would have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any reason, uh, any, any, any reason, do you have any um, idea of how many members currently populate the fan club? Oh, actually, we don't, we don't give that number out uh, okay. a heck of a lot. <laughs> Heck of a lot is good for us. <laughs> is there a particular reason for which the Star Wars Insider is a little less open to Star Wars fan uh, than, like, I don't, I'm going to say the Lucasfilm magazine in Europe? Uh, by by that question, I mean, why is it that we don't see more fan works, uh, maybe fan fictions, published in the Star Wars Insider? Um, this is a good question. Um. I mean, we try to, you know, the reason we opened Bantha Tracks up and started the whole Bantha Tracks section is to try to get more of the fan stuff in. Uh, you know, we had fan poetry, and we've done you know, instead of an issue that's coming out now, I had some fan, some fan collectors, and uh, so you know, I was kind of looking at, you know, ways to get that in. Um, in the past, there was never really a, a, a section, and uh, you know. Being the, the Star Wars Insider provides a lot of the content for the other magazines around the world, and so they rely on us to provide them with content they can use that's, that's international in flavor. So I guess in some ways our mandate's a little more global um, with articles that we come up with. Um, Lucasfilm's also pretty strict about um, who can write for and who can do art for uh, the Star Wars Insider. I, you know, it's, it's their mouthpiece to the fans in a lot of ways and they just they want to make sure that everything's top notch so I think that's a lot of the reasons you know that's why we put band tracks in <laughs> okay well I, I do believe that the band tracks coming back in the Star Wars Insider was a really great idea I give you a really good hand of applause thank you very much for that <laughs> I love I love see I love hearing about like other of my friends in Chicago and Buffalo, uh, in fan force for that matter, uh, being published like in introduction like whoa that's really cool. <laughs> uh, so now we're gonna go to a little bit more personal questions before going to more in depth question for uh, the holy subject. <laughs> 
Uh, are you a spoiled fan yourself? Do you follow the spoilers for episode three? You know, it comes with a job. <laughs> it's, it's, you can't avoid <laughs> being a spoiled fan when you're running the fan club. So, uh, uh, yes, I'm spoiled, and yes, I know most of what's going to happen in episode three. <laughs> Look at that right out. Do, do you like being a spoiled fan, or would you rather not be, not be spoiled? You know, I've done it both ways. With episode one, well, obviously with the original trilogy, too, but, uh, you know, more recently, episode one, I had no clue what was going to happen. I, I kept totally away from the spoilers, and the first time I heard about the movie was when I saw it in the theater at the premiere. Um, you know, and then episode two, and now three, I was totally spoiled. <laughs> and it's just different. It's kind of neat being able to watch a movie evolve and watch the the script evolve as George cuts things together mm -hmm. and takes things out and puts new things in. Gives you a more uh, over a bigger overview of you know of how the movie making process happens. And believe it or not, I was still. When you finally get to sit down in the theater and see it for the first time, it's still pretty dang cool because, you know, what you've seen is a lot of blue screen and green screen <laughs> and, you know, you know, piece of pictures and stuff like that, but you don't really know, you know the story, but you don't really know how it's going to unfold on the screen. Dude. That's it. Well, I mean, like, me, myself, for episode two, I was, like, really spoiled because we, we, tra we, tra we uh, translated the script for our website. And uh, when I got to the screen... Uh, like what I say to everybody is until I've seen the George Lucas version of the movie I've never seen it absolutely so I was really happy when I got to the to the screen and really sad in other ways because they cut it, uh, some, some parts I found that could have been more important and should have been put in there but I guess we'll see that in the supercalifragilistic edition of the DVDs in 2016 or something like that <laughs> the ultimate director's cut <laughs> that's it with never before seen footage directly from the basements of Lucas Ranch you know that's the best part about being a fan is, 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 is the debate you know sitting there saying what should be and what shouldn't be and what you liked and what you didn't I mean you know I, mean, I think that's uh, uh, just a, a part of being a Star Wars fan that everybody experiences is, is sitting down and debating you know Star Wars yeah so earlier in the, the things now I'm, I'm going to miss is you know sitting down at lunchtime with the insider guys and, and saying hey you know What's episode three going to be having it? Oh, I bet she does this. And, you know, now I know. <laughs> we can't <laughs> anymore. This is the sad part of working for the, the official Star Wars fan club. <laughs> it is a sad part. Uh, we know you collect a lot of Star Wars memorabilia. Huh? Um, do you, can, you, can you tell us a little bit more about this collection of yours? We know you have, like, one of the largest collection of uh, arcade, arcade games. Arcade games, right. That's really cool. Yeah, it's just—it's something you know. I've always loved pinball and arcade games, and you know, in college I always spent a lot of time dumping quarters into machines, uh, you know, after dinner and things. And so you know, I just—I when I had, you know, the opportunity kind of came to pick up a Star Wars uh, pinball machine, the Data East one, and uh, and then I got you know the original Star Wars arcade game from Atari, and it just kind of grew from there. And all of a sudden, I found myself. You know, want to have all of them, and it's a sort of sick addiction, you know, in some ways. Yeah. Be a completist and, you know, wanting to have everything. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really kind of neat because now I have this really neat collection, and, 
you know, we have a, a collecting group up here in Seattle, and I'd say probably about every three or four months I have a meeting here at my house and <laughs> watching all these people come in and play the games and stuff. Well, that's really cool. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of playing games, do you still play any RPG game from time to time? You know, we we do at, at work. We have uh, some lunchtime Dungeons and Dragons games. Uh, I haven't started up a Star Wars game since you know for a while, but it's, it's you know we we do play some Dungeons and Dragons and uh, try to you know play test some of the stuff that's going into the magazine. Okay. So, yeah, I do. I do hang around playing this stuff. Oh well. That's it's a good thing that you actually talked about the Star Wars game because that's my that's what my next question is all about. Um, you, you, I know you used to play the West End Games version of the of the RPG. I, I did do that. How would you compare it to the new D20 system that Wizard of the Coast introduced to us? You know, it's 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 they're they're, they're sort of similar and yet different, obviously, because they're based on you know different dice and there's a certain different base mechanic. Both, I mean, but Bill Slavisek. Uh, is a designer who is, had a hand in both of the games, very strong hand in both the games. So there's a certain similarity because it's a similar designer. You know, for me, the, the, the D20 one that Wizards puts out is neat because it's based on, you know, it has similarities at least to the Dungeons Dragons game. So it's mm-hmm. easy to pick up, and then it's just learning, the, you know, the skills and the feats and some of that aspect of the game, which is different for every game that uses the D20 system, but at least you know in general how to play the game and, and, and how it's going to work, and it frees you up to role play, which is really what I like. I don't, I'm not much of a rules person. I, I like to, to role play. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so anything that allows me to forget about the rules and focus on, on, on the story that we're telling is, is, is a bonus. That's great. Uh, in the latest uh, version of the Dungeon and Dragon games from Wizard of the Coast, we uh, we've seen the little program coming in called the Character Generator. Can we uh, hope to see one for Star Wars? You know, I don't have, have foggiest clue. You'd have to ask that to Chris Perkins at Wizard of the Coast. <laughs> Star Wars tour guru there. Well, we'll sure, we'll sure try to, to get in contact with him. <laughs> uh, we know you've been to Australia as yeah. part. As part of a, an official uh, trip. Yeah, you saw me on the webcam, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you like it, and uh, what is it that you can tell us about episode three? Well, first of all, obviously, you know, uh, not too surprisingly, it was a it was a trip of a lifetime. I mean, being able to go down and you know being taken behind the scenes of the last Star Wars movie was. Amazing. I mean, I could barely sleep the night before. <laughs> I, you know, we got to see, meet all the uh, the behind-the-scenes guys. The guys do the props and the you know the, the uh, costuming and the set design and everybody. We got to talk to them all and uh, and see what they're doing and you know see how they make some of the uh, the, the items that we see in the movies. And then, of course, we got to see some of the filming too and. Uh, just being able to, you know, sit, you know, 50 feet away from George Lucas and hear him go action, you know, and cut. <laughs> it's like, cool. <laughs> um, you know, episode three, I just, I think it's going to be a really good movie. I mean, you know, before we got spoiled, you know, mm-hmm. Dave Gross and Dick Wirtz and I from The Insider, we, we all sat there and uh, said, you know, Okay, so last chance, what's going to be in episode three? What do we want to see in episode three? What, you know, has to be there and stuff? 
and, and, and then we went and got spoiled, and we said, you know, we were pretty close. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it means that, you know, as fans, we're getting what we wanted, you know. Were there twists and turns? Absolutely. Things we didn't expect. But, you know, I, I just, you know, seeing the, the, the filming we saw and, and the intensity and, the, and everything just was, was great. Um, everybody seemed really just at ease on the set when they're, you know, as they're filming and stuff. Everybody just seemed comfortable. I mean, they they wrapped early, you know. <laughs> when do you hear, hear about a movie wrapping early? But I think everything's clicking. Yeah. Um, we talked to the editor, and he said that, you know, some of the key scenes that he has seen footage on and was editing through, he said like, wow, they're really powerful and just really moved me. And I'm like, awesome. That's what I want to hear, you know. Because, you know, you hear the story and you're like, okay, that could be really good, you know, but we'll have to see it in, on film to find out. And But when you hear the people, that are, you know, down there telling me, you know, that this is going to be, you know, really a powerful movie, that's what I want. And, you know, from what I heard, I think it's, and, and saw, I think it's, that's what's going to be. Okay, well, then I, I'll have to ask you this question. It wasn't in there, but I'll have to ask, ask it to you. Uh, many people told us it was going to be the best film of the entire six movies. Would you uh, go along with them? And uh... you know, I'm going to withhold judgment until after I see it. I, you know, I never, I never want to judge a movie until I, like, like you said, until you sit in front of the screen and see George's final vision of it. You just don't know what that's going to be. I mean, it's going to, ha it's going to take an amazing movie to beat a New Hope for me because the New Hope is my favorite. Star Wars movie okay. and it's probably a lot of it's nostalgia and the fact that I was so blown away as a, as, as a kid seeing that for the first time and I, I, every time I see it it's like seeing a, an old friend so it's I, it might be hard for me to ever have a movie that beats that <laughs> um, but I think it's going to be darn good great um, two more questions sure what are you planning for the club in the upcoming years uh, what, can you tell us what will happen after 2005 So those two, two questions together, I'll take the first one. Okay. Um, so what are we planning for the upcoming year? Well, obviously, we're going to continue to put out some pretty cool in insiders. Uh, we have some great interviews lined up. Uh, the issue that's just about to come out has uh, an interview with uh, um, uh, Harrison Ford. Oh. And uh, that's issue 72. And then we have... Um, Coming up beyond that, we have interviews with uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, Christopher Lee. Cool. Uh, so those are those are been pretty cool. Um, we have a new fan club kit we're putting together right now. Uh, it hasn't been approved, so I can't really tell you what's in it. But there's some some pretty neat things that we're working on for the new fan club kit, including something from Hasbro. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> Dolph McQuarrie figure, maybe? Figures, so that rumor can get quashed right now. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're trying to work with some of the licensees to come up with some neat things for the, for the kit. And so that's a work in progress. Uh, you know, they'll be shipping sometime by the end of the year, just like last time. Okay. Uh, we have Santa Yoda coming out. Uh, I don't know if you know about that, but we have this exclusive uh, action figure from Hasbro called Santa uh, It's a holiday Yoda, I guess it's called. You know, Santa yeah. Claus Yoda from the old Macquarie artwork mm -hmm. from the old Christmas cards. Yeah. And uh, it's the second in the line. There was a, a C-3PO R2-D2 one the year before. Yeah. It was sold through Walmart. And now we have this one. 
and that's going to uh, uh, what am I supposed to say here about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, if, if if someone has a signed up for a light speed pass, they should expect emails with details by the end of September. Okay. Cool. And uh, beyond that, we're gonna, you know looking forward to next summer doing some more conventions again, being involved with Disney Star Wars weekends and uh, just doing some fun stuff. With, you know, working with Lucasfilm as they start gearing up for episode three. Great. Uh, so now we're done. We're gonna have to ask you to uh, do the little promo line we uh, we sent you by email. So uh, we're gonna let you go. You can do uh, both or just one if you'd like. Whatever. Hi, this is Lisa Stevens, president of the Star Wars official fan club, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. Super. That was great. <laughs> so thank you very much, Lisa, for being with us. No, no problem. Uh, stay on the line. We're going to talk to you a little bit during the break. And uh, right now we're going to uh, Blurry, Puddle of Mud, and uh, talk to you guys right after this break. Alors, nous revenons dans quelques secondes à Star Wars en direct.
Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. And welcome back to Star Wars on the Direct, everybody. Uh, we'd like to salute everyone who's on the chat. Adam Wan, Phil, Requiem Outcast. We had, um, what's his name? <sighs> Star Wars Fanworks, who was there earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go right away, and I'm going to answer one of the questions that we had that was sent to us by a certain Mike McMillan, asking Mrs. Stevens about the fa- if the fan club plans to continue the exclusive Jedi Council 12 inches figures. And he was wondering if they're also planning more bubbleheads for next year. Uh, as of now, we cannot say yes or no to any of these questions, but we would uh, highly recommend you visit the Legends Action Figure site to get uh, a little news about this. Yep. That's good. Our nice sponsor. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of which, we'd like to remind you that we are hosted by a place called SimpleNet. At SimpleNet. You'll get a very reasonable cost, cost and advertising space for your company. A website built for you by our team of professionals or quite simply a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices on, of bandwidth as of the solution of turnkey pre-configured game server. Join us at www.simple-net.ca There you go. There we go. So I hope you all liked the uh, the interview with uh, Mrs. Lisa Stevens. She was, uh, well, we found her really interesting. Mm-hmm. She's cool. And uh, I hope we'll have her back on the show eventually. Um, let's hope it's not when the insider goes to another publisher, publisher houses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to get some more details about uh, what's going to happen with the fan club. That would be cool. Yep. Next, promote the next uh, fan club membership, yes. <laughs> with this special action figure or something from Asbro. That will be really interesting. Okay, so as I said, we've got a really great show for you today, and uh, among the many things that we decided to discuss was the fan film The Dark Redemption, yeah. which is a very old and... Uh, By 1999, I think. Yeah, and uh, it's been a very controversial fan film because Lucasfilm actually sued the producer of that movie, and uh, it was taken offline... Yeah. For a uh, couple of months, yeah. then brought back, brought back on because they realized it's only a fan film, you know. Yeah. It started the uh, before that Lucasfilm was aware and helping fan film, but after yeah. that point, uh, they started getting a little bit iffy about the thing. <laughs> well, even though you know they they brought back in 2001 the uh, the uh, fan film awards yeah. with Atom Films. So that's pretty cool. But there's a lot of restrictions. Well, basically, if you sign up, if you sign up at Atom Films and you, you you give them your movie, your movie becomes their property. Yeah. So, do you really want that to happen? And I think there's things like you don't you don't have the right to use Star Wars music. Uh, you know, it's going it's yeah. much restriction. There's a lot of restrictions. That's that's right. Even so though I have to admit that at the Nice Fan Films Awards. They were a really cool movie. Mm. Yeah. Star Wars. Okay. Get on my head, silly song. <laughs> we're not going to go, and uh, me and Danny, well, I'm going to say that to myself, The Dark Redemption was a fairly good movie uh, back for, for 1999. I really loved it. 
of course, uh, you must you must really not take a look at the storyline of that movie. Uh, it's the worst ever. I I guess so. You know, the actors were really good, but the script was really bad. Yeah, just another Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't think Spider-Man was bad. The script was bad. Come on, forget it. Anyway, we're talking about Dark Redemption here. <laughs> Let's not discuss past issues. And um, Dark Redemption had fairly good uh, special effects in it. I well, maybe except the uh, lightsaber and blaster effects, which sucks. And fire effects on the rocket pack from Boba Fett, and basically all of the uh, special effects in the movie. <laughs> yeah. But the the uh, the rocket blast was really funny because. Bo- tr- Boba Fett decides to actually drag Commander Garak ar- yeah. around the uh, around the, uh, s- a sort of the, the castle base. A castle base, that's right. And he just like passed through four stormtroopers and burned them to hell. <laughs> that's the, that's the very big bad thing about having yeah. to wear an armor li- like that. You burn yourself from the from within. But worse than that. The phrase that Garrick said after yes. uh, after he the, received the, an order from the cord is cut off. That's right. What a drag! It was too easy to put that. It's in. like obvious jokes. If you really don't wanna don't wanna think too much about a movie, yeah. you, you can just watch that movie. It's yeah. really funny. It's a five part mini. Uh, it's a five part mm. quick time movie. Yeah. And it's basically uh, about half an hour. Take back the uh, storyline of a new op- almost. You see two guys in stormtroopers suit with a prisoner getting into a yeah. into the imperial facility to uh, to free up a, a nice looking lady. Uh, a nice looking lady in distress, which is <laughs> uh, Mara Jade, of course, in that uh, particular movie, and uh, she was. Very hot. <laughs> <laughs> they should have taken her. Well, Shannon Basket did a really good job as uh, Marriage for the Cipher, but she was good looking too. <laughs> so hard to make a right choice when it comes to Mara. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, the Redemption had original music, so that's pretty good. It wasn't John Williams' mu- music. I was lo- I was listening to it, and it just reminded me of one thing: movies from space. It's basically the theme from movies from space. Seriously. Oh, okay. So it's reused music. They didn't use like they just didn't use Star Wars music. Okay. That's I thought they w- they had composed everything. But no, no, that was just. Oh, that sucks. So. Yes. <laughs> I didn't. So know what? That. What? What is it that doesn't suck about that movie? Hmm. Nothing but because but basically no, the three effects in space are okay for the yeah. time. You can see the cantina scene I thought was great. It was interesting. R- resi- uh, really reminiscent of the cantina scene in Mos Eisley. That's right. And you got back the uh, the guy from uh, Star Wars A New Hope. One of the actors, uh, Peter Sumner. The guy who said, uh, TK421, why aren't you at your post? He, he came back in that movie. Uh and he said the approximately the same line to TKF three two one or something whatever, like that. Yeah. Why aren't you at your post? Yeah. And that's because that some trooper is talking to a nice lady at the yeah. bar, and he moves right and next and to that girl. Yeah, and he makes a reference that he's going to be transferred to the to the Imperial Space Station to so a new battle station. Yeah. And this is last night there. Care to yeah. make it interesting? <laughs> <laughs> no, care to make to make it memorable? Memorable. That's <laughs> it. But there's also a lot of 
catchphrases taken from A New Hope. Uh, laugh it up, uh, Wookie Brett, uh, grow up, laser brain. The uh, it, w it was actually laugh it up, Aqualish. Aqualish, yeah. That's that's laugh it up, Aqualish, because instead of a Wookie, we have an Aqualish. It was the side uh, sidekick sidekick of that Tidarium shuttle, Lambda shuttle, Lambda class shuttle pilot, and uh, it was nah. <laughs> You know, if if you really have like half an hour to waste, you can really look at that movie. It's it's kind of interesting. You also have an appearance by uh, Cal Katarn. Yep. And uh, it goes a little bit into the storylines of uh, Jedi Knight Dark Forces. Uh, yeah, Jedi Knight yeah. Two, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast. No, no Jedi Knight the first one. Yeah. So. So you got mysteries two of the set. Yeah. So you got two characters from the expanded universe, Mara and Kyle, and you got the voice. Of Han Solo, yeah, <laughs> and That's you like got Boba Fett. And you understand like why uh, Han Solo kicks uh, take, takes the the cargo out of the cargo hold. And yeah, the storyline is basically that Mara Jade is taken from somewhere into the uh, Imperial Garnison in into the yeah on into Castle in, in custody on Castle. Yeah, and, and uh, you got a parallel storyline that uh, Boba Fett is there to. Uh, to get a bounty on uh he's actually there to ensure the contact in between the castle mines yeah. with the imperials the shipment, the shipment is going to uh, that's it to Jabba so and those two storylines don't mix very well but and and the, the let's see the set of the control room isn't that great uh, yeah that's it's it's like but it it's it compares to 70s 70s movies yeah who uh, may, maybe more talk sh uh, not talk shows but uh, television shows yeah this same kind of, kind of they actually spend a lot of time on the display for uh, Mara working out to sending the information to Detective yeah. 4 yeah <laughs> and uh, with the huge shaft that's right right near the end yeah w without guardrails <laughs> Uh, again, <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, we see that way too often in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Don't they have any security measures? <laughs> Wear a little white hat if you're a contractor in the Death Star. Exactly. So basically, it's one of the oldest, but it's a turning point in fan film history. So that uh, it's you need to go take a look and you need to, to take a look at it for yourself. Maybe you'll like it. Uh, I've grown out of it personally. They're much more better fan film now. Yeah, I, 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 at the time I really liked it, but now they're much more better fan films. Yeah, and you shall hear about them in one of our next shows. <laughs> uh, eventually, yes. Eventually. So now we're going to take a look at the miscellaneous news with yeah. Kit Fisto. Brian, go ahead. Okay. Um, this week we found out that Vector Prime will be is available free to hyperspace members. And it's also available uh, on the CD-ROM that comes with the Unifying Force. Yeah. The uh, the what's strange is that the PDF file, it's not it's from the upper split, is not really uh, imported from in the book. It's it not really imported in the ebook program, so it's only a PDF file. So it could be shared. You can you, you can. can just download, download it uh, that's from, right, from everywhere. You can just read it on your computer. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I'm you glad. can share it even if someone doesn't have an ebook reader. So, you know, that means that in a couple of years we're going to have the entire NGO series for the fans of hyperspace. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, also this week you got the Unifying Force uh, audio excerpt. Yep, It's which available. we will talk right after this. Right after these news. Yep. Um, and Delray confirmed that their internet newsletter that the novel written by Veronica Whitney Robinson entitled Star Wars Galaxies The Runes of Dantooine will be released by in September 2003 the book will be co-written by Hayden Buckman and the producers of Star Wars Galaxies and Empire Divided Ruin of Dantooine is a tie-in with the Star Wars Galaxy games but don't you don't have to play the game to understand the novel or read the book to play the game This book will hint players the background of some of the non-player characters in Star Wars Galaxies. That's it. Um, Yippery do day. Yeah. Oh, it's the pretty short notice. I think uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, the end of September. End of September already, and it it, it just came out. It's just about uh, a week ago. So uh, there there was not a lot of. Uh, there were pretty much rumors about it, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be that thick of a book too. So no. We're going to see something like the Jedi Apprentices. Uh, probably. Del Rey announced that um, because they forgot the Yelsia in the Destiny's Way paperback, paperback yeah. um, they will have it free on StarWars.com to download. Yep. It's available a now. Cost, a costly mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they will m uh, make it available in one other paperback. Yeah, well. Some oh. Someone probably got fired because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also this week, the Cetus Deception cover, cover came out, and it features Kit Fisto um, Obi and Obi-Wan in the book, and on the cover there is um, Count Dooku and a couple of clone troopers in a fiery inferno. Yep, on mm. the background. Ooh. It's pretty much in the same colors uh, as Shatterpoint. You know, if you check the yeah, the, the, the back cover, it's pretty much in the war. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know we're we're gonna have like we're we're gonna have to actually laminate all those covers one next to each other, and they're gonna make up some kind of image, I'm sure. Maybe. And also this week there was the first picture of Anakin Skywalker in Episode Three. Yep, we know it came out uh, in the uh, Lucasfilm magazine in France. Yep, uh, we know who posted that. That's right. <laughs> You heard you you seen it on Setland.net first. <laughs> also this week, Jedi Academy came out. Yeah, it's the third game in the Jedi Knight series, and it was in stores September 17th. The game is similar similar to its predecessor, Jedi Outcast, with a new storyline, new options, like possibilities to fight with two lightsabers or a double-bladed lightsaber. The multiplayer mode is, of course, available. Still available. Yeah, sounds Next. great. The DVD original trilogy in 2004. Oh, interesting. Hopefully. From the digital bits posted, um, you know, it seems like we go through this about once a year, but the risk of including lots of eye-rolling out there, here we go again. But we've heard the number of industry sources we trust who have been reliable in the past, in the last few weeks. They're reporting that Lucasfilm is seriously considering releasing the Star Wars trilogy on DVD late next year. Um, I think this would tie in with episode three coming out. Yep. Like just do DVD some publi publicity one. and uh, maybe a preview of uh, episode three in, in that. Uh, in that. Uh, Who knows? In that collectible. Uh, you know they got like CD set, DVD set. They they have a way of always putting out a trilogy every time a new movie is going to come yeah. out. So. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. 
And that's it. Yep. Yay. And speaking of things that we heard first here on Star Wars on Direct, uh, just so you, just in case you guys missed it, the Insider actually got an interview with Harrison Ford. That's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought they would get that. And it's going to be an Insider number 72. So you've heard it, fir- you've, you've heard, you've heard it here first. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so right now we're going to listen to an audio excerpt from the NGO novel The Unifying Force by Jane Lucino. It will be available at Random House. It is available on the Random House website, but the, the book itself will be available uh, in November 4th. November 4th. That's right. Yeah. You just, uh, uh, if you want to listen, uh, the, we will uh, play the uh, audio excerpt. Pro- probably that the quality uh, of what you will hear from us is not as great as the original quality that you can have on the Random House uh, website. So go check it, check it out. But we will air it right here, and we will discuss a little bit about it afterwards. Another news slash before we go just to that, Mr. Lucino will be in Seattle, Washington for the release of his book on November 4th, and uh, the weekend after that uh, to sign books at the local bookstores. So check your local, local bookstores if you live in Seattle. You never know. And uh, for those who uh, don't want spoilers on the NGO series... Uh, maybe uh, just get down the volume up for Tur- about five minutes. <laughs> Turn down the volume for the next five minutes since <laughs> it's the it's an el- it's a little excerpt from the NGO series and yes there is a little bit of spoiler in there for those who follow the the series. It's nothing too major but still. Yeah. So here we go. No Manor, slightly taller than the average human disfigured by ceremony and by his own hand, fitted with a false eye that could spit poison, waited uneasily at the entry to Shimra's private chambers in the rounded crown of the sacred mountain. He hadn't been summoned to private audience with the Supreme Overlord since his return from Zonama Seacott, and he wasn't sure what to expect. The membrane shimmered and parted to reveal Anami, gesticulating to Nomenor. Enter Prefect. Shimra's pet said, affecting a supercilious tone. Nomanor edged past him into the spacious circular chamber. Shimra sat in the center of the room, atop a circular dais, in a high-backed seat that lacked the pomp of his public throne. Did you not wonder when we three would meet again? Anami asked softly as Nomanor passed. Nomanor ignored the question and approached the throne genuflecting at the edge of the foul-smelling moat. From an inner pocket of his green robe, he removed the lightsaber that had stirred so much strife in the Hall of Confluence earlier on. Dread Lord, your desire was that this be delivered to you. Nomanor kept his gaze lowered while Shimra took the weapon from his hand. He looked up with alarm when he heard the distinctive snap hiss of the lightsaber's energy blade no larger than a votive candle in the grip of Shimra's right hand. The lightsaber thrummed as it cleaved the air. Answer me honestly, Prefect. Do you believe in the gods? Shimra brought the violet blade close to Nomanor's neck. Bear in mind, honestly, if there was some benefit to believing, you mean. I follow the example set by the priests, Lord. Shimra's eyes bored into Nomenor's single orb. 
Are you suggesting, Prefect, that our priests are not acting out of the goodness of their hearts? Lord, I have seen many hearts, and few showed evidence of goodness. Clever, Shimra said slowly. That's the word everyone who knows you, or who has had dealings with you, uses. Clever. To Nomanor's relief, Shimra deactivated the lightsaber. What does one like yourself make of the whisperings that circulate among the elite? Shimra asked from his simple chair. That the gods have become angered by my decisions. May I speak freely, Lord? You had better, Anami said. Shimra glanced from Anami to Nomanor, then nodded his enormous head. I would answer that many of the high caste failed to grasp that the actions you took were a tribute to the gods, actions no less bold than those taken by Yun Yuzhan when he gave of himself to bring the universe into being. Shimra leaned forward. You impress me, Prefect. Continue. Nomanor grew more confident. Many of us had accepted as fact that the generations of wandering through the intergalactic void had been a test of faith, which, as you yourself pointed out, we failed miserably. By quarreling among ourselves and worshipping false gods, weakening the hinges of our own gates. Shimra nodded sagely. Any group without opposition falls inexorably into decay and tyranny, or both. But you, Dreadlord, saw the arduous journey for what it was, a consequence of our previous failures. You understood that our Shapars were fast approaching the limits of traditional knowledge, that they were essentially powerless to repair our deteriorating worldships, that our priests were likewise unable to rescue our society from the depths to which it had sunk. But our warriors, left without a war, had nowhere to turn but upon one another. We were dying in the Void Lord, and were it not for your toppling of Quarrel and his cautious followers, the Yuzhan Vong might have ended there. Shimra stared at him. Oh, you are a dangerous person, Prefect. He paused, then added, I will educate you about the gods. The question is not whether they exist, but if we have any further need of them. The gods may have created us, but it is we who sustain them through worship. Now, they are bereft because the roles are reversed. They are angry because they have been forced to recognize that their hour has arrived that the time has come to surrender power to Shimra and the New Order. Again, Shimra ignited the lightsaber and waved it about, as if to emphasize his remarks. This is the Great Har War, Prefect. The Yuzhan Vong against the gods. This is Star Wars on Direct, and you just listened to an audio excerpt from the NGO novel The Unifying Force by James Lucino.
Exactly. So. Now, let's talk a bit about that move, that excerpt. First of all, uh, Shimro's voice is like Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the uh, excerpt, there's a, a mention of the round crown of the sacred mountain. Any ideas? A sacred that's mountain? That's probably something we'll see in the final prophecy, uh, in the novel that's about to come out. Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. next week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember Secret Mountain, but probably yeah, that that would be cool. But Sounds like it. But uh, I don't think it would be possible since uh, Nomenor just came back from uh, Zona Masikot. They say uh, uh, he hadn't been summoned to a private audience with the Supreme Overlord since his return from Zona Masikot. So it's not on Zona Masikot. Right. Kyrosynth Sacred Mountain Sacred Mountain of Dead Corpse of Yusen Vongs Who <laughs> <laughs> knows I mean come on <laughs> Wayland maybe And at the end mm. you know, that, could, that could be too But you know at the end you know he just like lights up the lightsaber and goes We're gonna fight against the gods Maybe they just found that the gods are impersonated by the, by the Jedis yes, So that's one of the theory uh, possible uh, uh, and what did I wrote down here? Okay, my one of the theory uh, that is possible is uh, Shimura is saying they're using Vong against the gods, so maybe the gods are the Jedi. Maybe the final prophecy is that the Jedi are the gods. I don't know. They're the gods of the universe. Oof. Because they bring balance in the universe. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, the sh- as the shame one sees them, the, the shame one thinks that the Jedi's are the gods so uh, it makes sense yeah the Jedi will probably have the support of the heretic in the final battle against Shimra's forces Uh, uh, Omini do you think he has more power than we think probably he seems to be a golem like uh, creature but golem like I'm thinking more like snake Kong okay (laughs) In uh, Lord of the Ring, yeah, maybe so. the assistant of Saruman. But there's something bothering me. Uh, the narrator mentions Nomanor, but Shimra never says Nomanor. He always says yes. prefect. So yeah. does he know that Ooh. he's in front of Nomanor? Who knows? Whose Nomanor is disguised? Well, that's it. You know, he says that it, it's about the prefect. And at one point during the excerpt, you hear he looks at Nomanor's huge head. Yeah, but that's said by the narra- by, by, the, by the narrator. Yeah, and that would mean that he would probably have a, a valid mask on him. Maybe, maybe, which would give give him like a because wider I, head. I, I, the last the last time uh, Shimura. Uh, Talked about Nomanor, he just uh, had a price on his head. Uh, he was a little pissed. He, yeah, he yeah. just wanted to kill him. So I, I don't know why. If he, he came back, he was. But so it seems the prophecy that the uh, that Nomanor has been trying to get around has been squashed or changed or something. Yeah, because he's no longer hiding. Mm. Well, maybe he's still hiding, but. But he's out in the open, though. Yeah, he's out in the open, but maybe he's 
infiltrated Shimra maybe to kill him or something we don't know uh, we see that uh, Nomanor or the prefect <laughs> gives a lightsaber to uh, Shimra uh, probably uh, the lightsaber of Anakin because it, it has a purple blade uh, and it's probably the same lightsaber that we see Tahiri holding on the cover of Final Prophecy with the, the lem lemblent, uh, the, the crystal lemblen. I don't know how to pronounce it. Lemon. Lemon. Who knows? Might be Mace's lightsaber too. Yes. <laughs> so maybe Nomanor meets with Tahiri in some way. Right? It could be. Maybe. Definitely. Yeah. But the would Tahiri be a great uh, replacement for Nomanor, for the heretic? She's part Yuzang Vong and she's part Jedi. So. She's, she's part. She's, she's part, part of God. That's it. And she's part of of their own. So it would be a great. It would be a great replacement, right? And so scary replacement. <laughs> yeah, but maybe but definitely possible. Yeah. So Nomanor, if he's in front of Shimro as Nomanor, maybe he said, "Screw the heretic, and I'm going going back to the to my old job," <laughs> or he just. El he's just helping the heretic maybe I invade invade yeah, since is undercover uh, uh, I don't remember her name uh, in the reunion was killed uh, the, the, the Nadlu uh, yeah that's it something like that he took her place yeah no maybe not her place but he, since he didn't have any information in his spy he decided maybe to go himself Disguise would be a that could definitely be a really good theory. Makes a lot of sense. I hope <laughs> something like that. It would be cool that Nomanor kills Shimra, yeah. like backstabbing him or something. Would be really fun. Yeah, this excerpt really destroys all my theories. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite upset. Yeah, and he mentioned also Shimra uh, also mentioned. Uh, uh, we were created by the gods and sustained them by worship so I don't think he means the Jedi I don't think that <laughs> the Jedi created the Yuzang Vang no I it think would it has be to do with Nima Sikot yeah or some the living planet yeah and uh, that is strong in the force mm. yes he also mentioned the new order do you think it's in reference to the New Jedi Order? I don't. I think, think it sounds like Palpatine. I don't <laughs> think so. I, yeah, I think he's he's going a little bit into dictatorship here, <laughs> and uh, you know he's talking about bringing in his own order, and that's probably going to split up the forces of the Yuuzhan Vong themselves mm. because but they're already split. With the yeah, but like even more—that's what I mean. Okay. Because he's talking about like definitely like killing the gods. We don't care about them. Yeah, <laughs> let's not worship them anymore. The Their time has come. That's so it, you know. So that's about that it. That helps the alliance. Yeah, of course it does. Shiro will be on his own. Come on, do you really think the Yuuzhan Vong were gonna we're gonna win? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> they probably there will be go. survivors. Uh, yeah, but of course. The shame, the shame one and. Uh, yeah, but they will merge with the Republic. They will be given a little planet, and they'll have happily ever after. Yeah, a little planet Zanoma like Zanoma Zika. Zika. Yep. And they'll live happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> 
I can't wait to that. Or they'll keep Coruscant. Yeah. Yep. Hey, what do you know? I can't wait to read the oh, next novel. The, 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 the it's coming out next week. I, uh, two weeks from now. Next week. Sep- September 30th. Sen- September 30th. So ne- next week, the week after that. Paperback? Oh. September 30th? No, no, no. no, uh, no. Well, Final Prophecy is a paperback. Final Prophecy is a paperback. But the Unifying Forces November 4th, that's a hardback. Hardcover. So. And you will probably. Uh, We'll have a review of that book on our next show, final, the, the Final Prophecy. I was aiming for wood and I got your <laughs> your fly... Your fly uh, killer. <laughs> your, fly, your fly snapper. <laughs> Swatter. Swatter. So that's about it, about uh, the, the audio excerpt. You can listen to it by going to the randomhouse.com website and go through the catalog and find the unifying force there should be a link on sithland.net yeah somewhere and on the force.net and all the major websites have a link to it but I mean randomhouse.com how hard, how hard is that to write yeah, down you know you, you, uh, you type uh, the unifying force in the search and you, you came out uh, you come out with the uh, with the result with the and result the excerpt. and uh, I think at the lower left uh, higher left corner there's an, the, the link to the audio excerpt there you go uh, and you. that's about it thank you very much for this insight so we will go to a we're now going to go to a little short no. musical break no yes no? yes yes yes. Yeah. yes no I'm waiting for you <laughs> okay we're going to go to a small musical break we're going to listen to We Used to Be Friends by the Dendy Warhols and stay tuned because we're going to be right back after that on Star Wars on Direct
and welcome back to Star Wars on Direct. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your community update with Realme Taze. So, we're going to start up here in Canada, because next weekend we're going to see, on September 27th, the, the Niagara Grape and Wine Festival Grand Parade in St. Catharines, Ontario. The parade will take place in St. Catharines on Saturday, September 27, 2003, with a start time of 11 a.m. And, of course, you can get more details for all that very, very special event of our friends in the Young Jedi Niagara uh, fanforce at fanforce.net, fanforce Canada, fanforce Young Jedi Niagara. There you go. That's it for it. Uh, we're going to keep on going on with uh, a little convention going on September 26th and 28th in uh, Merrillville, Indiana, with Star Wars guest Ray Park, as he's the one who played Darth Maul, for those who wonder. And uh, if you'd like some more information, you can go to, the, to their website at www.tobecontinued.com. That's two as a number, becontinued.com. The EchoBase CharityCon 2003 in Uwigan, Netherlands, on September 27th, just, as, just the same day as the uh, Wine and Grape Parade. Star Wars guests will include uh, Irvin Kreshner, who was the director of Empire Strikes Back, Peter Diamond, stunt coordinator, Helen Rusko, Plo Koon, Bib Fortuna, Phantom Menace, and Ladd in Attack of the Clone, Jerome Blake as Rune Hako, Michael Carter, who was Bib Fortuna, John Hollis, who was Lobot, Kenneth Coley as Admiral Piaf, John Kopinger, who is the Wookiee Senator in The Phantom Menace, and Jabba's Coulter in Return of the Jedi. Gus Lopez, he is a collector and a columnist, and Gary Kurtz, producer of A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. This convention will be from Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and you can get more information on www.swfanclub.nl. Then, on October 2nd and 5th, through 5th, sorry, we'll be seeing Arkham 27 in Collinsville, Illinois, with none other than Michael A. Stackpole as a Star Wars guest. The convention uh, will be four days, and you can find more information at www.stlf.org slash archon slash 27. On October 3rd to 5th, there will be AdventureCon 2.5 in Gatlingburg, Tennessee. Star Wars guest will be Jeremy Bullock, a.k.a. Boba Fett. Con will be three days. Boba Fett is a really great person to see. If you've never seen him in person, you should go meet him. And for more information, you can go to www.adventurecon.com. And on October 4th through the 5th, you can go to FSF as they present Dave Prowse and Peter Mayhew in Sydney, Australia. Of course, you'll have David Prowse, Peter May, who was two of the guests. You'll also see David Bauer as Maz Mita, Sandy Finley as Sly Moore, and Mary Oyea, who was Luminara Underly. The con is two day long. It's $60 per day for members and $75 for non-members. And for more information, you can visit their website at www.fsf.com.au. That's what... Uh uh, how uh, far are you in the dates? That's about it for now. Everything will be on next show. <laughs> uh, what we're going to talk now is the... Um, what are you looking at? I know. What we're going to be looking about now is what, what 
couple of the events that are going to happen here in Montreal. Uh, there is concept coming on November 8th. We're trying to get a, to confirm a supper with Michael shared on November 6th, which is a Thursday. Supper would be $40 at the restaurant Eugenio on Liège. And it would be a Star Wars-inspired menu, as well as traditional Quebec meal. So, yep. I think you're going to like it. The um, other event uh, coming up right that right the week after that is SFX Montreal Science Fiction Expo for Montreal will be uh, held at Palais des Congrès the week after Concept on fif- the the 15th and 16th of October uh, November sorry and uh, you will be able to see Peter Mayhew appearing as the Star Wars guest among with sadly but for those who, of you who like science fiction a lot of Star Trek guests. <laughs> And uh, really interesting, though, you'll also, there will also be some anime guests, including Scott McNeil, who's one of the great voice actors, and I wish he'd worked on Star Wars Clone Wars, but I guess he won't have, sadly enough. What do you know? So that's about it for our community update. There you go. Right now, we're going to call out in the wild for someone. You. We are looking for you. That's right. You are sitting right there at your computer right now listening to us. You are looking... We are looking for you. Because we're looking for a man or a woman with good communication skills who's doing the major convention circuit in the U.S. We're talking here about Dragon Con, Gen Con, Comic Con, Wizard World, and all these major conventions. The Star Wars and the Correspondent would record interviews for our show with Star Wars personalities and fans. This person will have the equipment and software to record and edit audio file to be sent to us. You think you could help us? Send us an email at studio at swondirect.com with the title SWD Correspondent. I repeat the address, that's studio, arabas, s-w-e-n-d-i-r-e-c-t dot com. And if you have any comments on the show, it's at the same address. Exactly. Send it at the same address. So if you think Kid Fisto sucks, you know, you can just tell us because we're, we're looking for what? someone else, but it's really hard. <laughs> Nothing. Ouch. <laughs> Poke. <laughs> okay. Our next show. We're really tired, guys. So <laughs> that's it, you know, it's nice. Listener, it, it is our second show of that day, and we're near the six hour mark. It's been it's been a long day. Yep. In any case, uh, our next show is planned to be October fourth. Uh, date and subject is is about is permeable to change because we're either going to be talking with Paul Hans about the hyperspace service for StarWars.com, or we'll be talking with uh, none other than uh, Frank Diario for uh, Nyub Nyub's Universe, who's a diorama maker and he was part of the Star Wars Celebration too, among many things. He's an incredible guy. He does incredible dioramas. And that's one of the reasons he was at Star Wars Celebration too, is because he's been invited there yep. by Lucasfilm themselves. Think they would invite us because we're such a good radio show? <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah, that's it. We have to get better. We'll work on it, guys. <laughs> Put in those extra hours. Okay. <laughs> so we'd like to th- to uh, specially thanks our sponsors, Setland.net, Legends Action Figures, SimpleNet.ca. Partners like Star Wars Fanworks and Force.net, who mentioned us a little bit. <laughs> and of course, the biggest one who's giving us all these 
this power to broadcast our show, SimpleNet. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet, webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business at SimpleNet will always have a solution to meet your needs. You can you can contact that contact them at www.simple-net.ca. Of course, after the closing music, the Luke Skywalker and Tatooine Friend remix of the song Now That You're Leaving from the band Nut Boy Choice, made by our staffer Raven, who's incredible. Uh, you'll have... Some of the music just, fits again. Just listen to that music, seriously, people. <laughs> it's, it's a really good remix. So, this is Rumi Taze. Hey. Brian and uh, Lunatic for Brian. Star Wars on Direct. Yep. And we're telling you... See you next time on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swandirect.com for more information about upcoming shows. Cyclan.net, c'est les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga, des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe, et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.cyclan.net. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hi, I'm Sean Green. And I'm Shane Dick. We're the authors of the new Jedi Order trilogy, Or Heretic. You're listening to Star Wars on direct. So don't just dream about applying for the Academy. Make it come true. 
you can find a career in space. Exploration, Starfleet, or Merchant Service. Choose from navigation, engineering, space medicine, and contact liaison and more. If you have the right stuff to take on the universe and standardized examination scores and meet requirements, dispatch your applications. Screening office, turn the Commandant, Imperial Space Academy, your sector, and join the ranks of the proud. Aha! Applicant's Information Packet, Imperial Space Academy. Will you stop it? <laughs> you still see a Novus, huh, Luke? <laughs> Looks like the space has been played a few thousand times. Give it back! The great Luke Skywalker, hero of the universe. <laughs> when are you going to grow up, Luke? You're a farm boy, just like me. So you happen to qualify, so what? What do you think you are, pigs or something? Yeah, he just wants to go to the Academy with a big dick. Yeah, he was a hero. Yeah, I'd like to go to the Academy. Why shouldn't I? What's on the program for today, Vincent? Speed run, Skywalker. Speed run. Oh? Yeah. All right. You're on. Buckle up. Hey, what are you doing? Standing in for big. Brace yourself. Hey, wait a minute. You and Fix are in the bottleneck together? Count me out. Well, jump. All in even wait. with me, Skywalker. We'll let her rip. Okay, hit it. Oh. We won. <laughs> when did you get back from the Academy? <laughs> the two shooting stars are reunited at last. I'm so thrilled to be here. <laughs> I just got in on the shuttle. I wanted to surprise you, dude. You know, I thought you'd be here when I arrived. I forgot you have the harvest coming. Yeah, and I'm stuck here. But I, I thought you were going to the Academy next week. I had to cancel my application. You know, the sand people acting up again. Come on, Luke! Your uncle could hold off a whole Tuscan raiding party with one blaster. One of these days, buddy, you've got to separate what seems important from what is. But the farm's just about to start paying off. Look, Uncle Owen needs me for one more season. Biggs, I can't just run out on him and Anfaru now. Uncle Owen, Anfaru, first it's seeing people, now it's the crop. Meanwhile, your application's been canceled, Luke. Canceled. Luke, listen to me. Your uncle uses that I fed you and brought you up line to keep you here. Can't you see that? Big! My aunt and uncle are the only family I've got. They're all I've got. I don't care what you or anybody else thinks about me. I can't let anything happen to those. Luke, I didn't I'll go on. Find your rebellion. You don't think I'd like to leave? You think I like staying behind? I never thought that, Luke. Well, that's how it sounded. Here, I'll let you off by the power Listen, next season, I'm going to be going to the Academy for sure. <laughs> no, I am, I am. Take care of yourself. So long. Biggs. Yeah. You really think those ships out there were just raiders? Well, not if you say they were firing, not www.cyclan.net